Potato, Potato, Thumbs Podcast, Potato, Potato, Thumbs Podcast, it's Fluffy and the Admiral playing with their fingers and their nips. Welcome to a Potato Thumbs Podcast, episode 59. Uh, with me this week is my co-host, Admiral Nips. Oh, wait, he's not with us this week, is he, guys? Val, um, he's hunting trick? Yeah, he, <laughs> he, told me, he told me that he texted you. Uh, where did he say exactly he was going hunting? He's going all the way to Europe for this. He couldn't find any anything good around his place which is oh. kind of weird because in the middle of nowhere but you know no shit he's he's going like full-on like old school like i think it's british you know like uh if you guys are familiar with borderlands uh <laughs> colonel uh or what's his name sir hammerlock yeah, yeah. He's, he's going full-on like safari hunting he is well, and here's the thing. I think um, if if I am correct, which I usually am, Burning <laughs> Wing put him up to the challenge of what he's hunting. Uh, Burning Wing, what is he hunting in Europe right now? Well, I believe he's hunting the ever elusive um, mastodon. <laughs> ah, the mastodon, <laughs> like the band. <laughs> is, yeah. he, is, he, is he is he hunting mastodon the band on their European tour? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. It's, it's a little profile to it. Not many people know they're over there. But oh, that's that's awesome, man. That, he got word is, from, yeah. from a reliable source. What uh what what type of tools do you use to hunt Mastodon the band? <laughs> is that like you need not... a giant beard to blend in the background <laughs> first? <laughs> one. Yeah. You have to have little to no hair on top. <laughs> I, okay, I see what's going on here. More aerodynamic, right? For the uh, yeah. for the head on shoulder for safety, charge, you know. Can't <laughs> those. Yeah. Got to protect those eyes, man. <laughs> Got to protect those eyes, and probably probably like a, a slick wit, you know, to uh, crack jokes whenever the opportunity arises. No, no, no. That's not needed. He's good. <laughs> awesome, awesome. He's got the laugh to cover up any downfalls, you know. Yep. Well, uh, I guess I guess the uh, the secret's out. We have some guests helping me out tonight uh, with this very special episode uh, from Barely a Destiny Show. Slapshot Scott. Scott, how are you doing tonight? Good, boys. How's it going? I actually uh, made it out of the nether realm. Uh, I appreciate you guys adjusting your schedule so I could be on this and uh, not record while I was at work because yeah. you know I'm like I said said it on our show a couple times before like three nights of the week man i'm dead to the world i come out on tuesday and I, it's that robin like i'm that robin williams in uh, the original jumanji me i'm like what year is it <laughs> <laughs> so awesome man i think it's gonna be fun tonight um fresh off of a camping trip where he backpacked all of his teammates in the crucible last night now <laughs> how are you doing tonight <laughs> oh, man. After last night, man, today was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Although last night was pretty intense too. Those guys were good. Those guys were real good. Yeah, yeah. I I take it that you met more fierce competition today, dude. Competitive. This is like the first time I went into Crucible not in quick play, or not quick play private matches because yep. you know friends are so much more fun. 
for like competitive today was just brutal. Like Telesto, I did not realize that gun was so tilting until you <laughs> run up against a whole team of Telestos and they just sit around a corner and just map the whole room in Telesto shots. Yeah, I, I actually heard that well, one of my clanmates is a fucking huge fusion rifle guy from D1 and he was mad that fusion rifles were kind of not great in D2. And so I apparently heard he went on a fusion rifle rampage with Telesta last night and just murdered everything in sight in the crucible and then went into the nightfall and like one cycled the boss. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome, what the dude. fuck happened? That's Jesus. Awesome. Crucible is pretty brutal because like they can outrange you by like a mile. So you can't even get in like shotgun range. Yeah, and, like, it has shit. It, wow. it, it has, the, it has like auto rifle range for sure. Yeah, and like if you get close, yeah, if you get close, it one shots you if it hits four bolts, I think. But even if it doesn't hit you, like those three bolts are enough because like it explodes again. So like no matter what, you're screwed. Like you either have to dodge it entirely or you're dead. Like there's no way around it. If there's multiple people shooting it, like there's just like these little almost like mines on the freaking walls everywhere. (laughs) If you're not paying attention, it's just they last forever too. Yeah, they don't blow up. I don't think they blow up. (laughs) Dude, uh, speaking of blowing up. Uh, I guess his internet blew up, so he had to travel to a different city to use hotel internet. Uh, Burning Wing, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> well, I'm doing all right, but I will have to say I did find worse Wi-Fi than at home. So <laughs> that's <laughs> It's so bad I can't even play PVE Destiny. Yeah. Oh, Lord. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you see the potatoes in the wall with the... the thing is the cables plugged into or no, so it's actually <laughs> just the plant the potatoes haven't formed yet like once the potatoes form that's when you get my internet <laughs> so we're still waiting for the for the plants to, to finish growing it's just stuck <laughs> just stuck in the planter in the ground i like it yep so uh burning when you haven't played d2 yet scott have you gotten to jump into destiny yet since the patch uh, yes, actually. I was determined last night. Uh, I work nights, for those who don't know. So I get off of work, come home, usually sleep, they can get up and do stuff if I'm not going to work. Uh, so I, I short shifted it, had a nap and a bunch of running around to do. My wife and kid went to bed yesterday. I'm like, all right, it's destiny time. Um, and I want to say probably that that was like a, 1230 i'm like i'm just gonna play one round of uh <laughs> i'm gonna play one one thing you know i'm gonna yeah, go yeah. poke around the tower check out the new weapon system maybe go do a patrol on mars see if any cool gear pops up that was at 12 30 um 3 45 <laughs> i went to bed yeah um i gotta say i was running around like an idiot last night with the braytech auto rifle the braytech winter wolf and oh, I, uh, I, don't, I haven't even played with that yeah, that one is a fun. That's a kinetic, and I have that's been my go-to auto rifle for a lot of things. It kind of surpassed my uh, Ghost Primus because it's got a little better range and stability on it. But um, so I was playing that as per usual in PVE, and uh, I pulled out my Orwings Mall, the Iron Banner <laughs> single shot grenade launcher. You and, dirty, uh, dirty man. <laughs> yeah, and then I was using um, I was using the Sleeper Simulant. I wasn't in PvP. I was like, I'm just going to go do some some stuff on Mars and see what happens. We went through escalation protocol. I ha- actually ended up finding this group of, I think they were all blueberries. We were running around just, just murdering everything in sight for probably three hours. And uh, it was absolutely crazy. 
Um, it's so much fun. Those yellow bar nights pop up and they think they're going to fuck you up. And you're just like, hey, guess what? Or Wings Mall right to the chest. And they just explode. <laughs> um, I tried it crucible today i i for those of you who don't know don't listen to our show aren't familiar with me which why should you be i'm kind of a hermit anyways um <laughs> the i loved comp when d2 came out loved the comp playlist i love the game types i love the way it played i love the strategy involved as soon as they pulled radar and started making some funky changes with weapons it tanked for me um i would win one match a week if i was lucky and keep in mind i'm not a pvp player uh, so I would win one match a week and then I would go on a loss streak. And that's usually when I'd quit because I didn't want to uh, tank my my glory score anymore because I was I was foolish and thought I was going to get the Redrix play more at some point, which, of <laughs> course, that's laughable. Um, so I they brought back radar. They did some changes. So I went into comp today and uh, it was about 50 50. I had a couple a couple uh, matches as a solo queue where I got paired with some guys who were a two, two stack or a three stack and we rolled and just had good games, uh, you know, like close games. Um, and then I had a couple where, you know, I lost a few rounds, but I was running with, uh, I tried running with, with, uh, vigilance wing and, uh, or wings mall, or as mm -hmm. I was calling them earlier on Twitter, the, the wings of war loadout. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That Orwings Mall, man, if you're not like within shotgun range to like hit them in the chest with a grenade, that fucking thing bounces all over the place. So I swapped over to uh, the Iron Banner Slug Shotgun, Ganora's Axe, with that opening shot. And uh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> that and Vigilance Wing is just fucking filthy. <laughs> so um, we played with Orwings. Well, not me. I was a fool and uh, dismantled almost everything in my vault except for what was the meta. So then when the meta and TTK <laughs> oh, no. changed, which I thought wasn't happening until Forsaken, uh, I was like, huh, all these guns that I used to own that are good now, I no longer have, and I have to wait till next week to pull them out of collections. Um, <laughs> but I did keep racking. And yesterday, Val and I can get into this uh, a little in a little bit later. But <laughs> yesterday we had a, a private match, and I was not happy with how I how I showed up. Uh, so I took a break, went and hung out with my family. They all went to bed, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to play a little bit." And I jumped online, and we were rolling six deep. Um, oh Lord, that's yeah. always fun. <laughs> and it was all it was all like uh, Death RX and Derp people. Um, and it was who all was with us like chuck was with us and psycho and um got a, a ghost uh, anyways so <laughs> we had six rat kings nessie was with us too that's right we had six rat kings and uh chuck was running or wings mall and we would literally just move as a pack and we were oh, rotating, God. like everyone did a really good job, except for maybe one map of just sticking together. And if you spawned <laughs> up, you just waited for someone and you all just started running together and got back with the pack. And like we would run on teams and like destroy the team and everyone would reload. And then all of a sudden, everyone around you just would go <laughs> invisible and we'd start running again on people. Oh, and we were putting God, up like, man. yeah, like everyone was like in the 20s or 30s for, uh, for like the. Just... the the points Beautiful. or whatever the eliminations and kds were really high all night long it was it was fun dude but watching or wings like stun people 
You know, like they'd see us running and they'd start shooting and then Chuck would just launch a nade and like stun the the people (laughs) and the rest of us just like charge from all over the place and shoot them down. Uh, That's the funniest thing with that gun, too. I noticed last night because as I was running around, um, like I said, escalation protocol, as soon as those fucking knights spawn up, I'd pop it. I'd pop them with a grenade. And after a while, I started noticing they like shake their head and wander around, like walk the wrong way. (laughs) <laughs> like, oh shit it stuns them so it was really funny to do that like they spawn up in those green circles and you just hit them with a grenade and it's like what and then there's four guys with swords there to just chop them in half alright so um Val and Scott Burning, Burning Wing I'm sorry you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to give me like what you're most excited for since you haven't really been able to play but with what you guys have done in the Crucible what do you think the best subclass is right now uh, Val. Subclass. Oh, what works for you? Not like necessarily what's meta, but what are you liking right now? I mean, I've been like a hunter main just because I don't. I was a warlock main T one, and after the skating got messed up, I just can't play those classes because I'm just so like it's just muscle memory, and I just keep screwing up my jumps. Yeah. So like I've been on hunter a lot, and so I'm still on hunter, and I'm thinking like golden gun is starting to become more favorable. Like it's. A little bit longer of a super and it's a little more accurate but i've been doing blade dancer still or not blade dancer arc strider, arc strider. <laughs> um, <laughs> but arc strider um with frosties or no stompies stompies. Hi, stompies for the high jump stompies yeah and like i've been having a really even though i don't have no shotgun bullets to like make it like d1 worthy but like just jumping over people and like watching them just spin in circles has been making my night like it's just so <laughs> enjoyable because like you just slide in because like the stompies give you extra slide distance so you can slide in shoot your shot and then just jump straight up and so, so these guys are like looking for you and then you're above them and they don't know where you are but they see it on the radar so like they're looking for you and you can just come down behind them and then jump again and they're just like <laughs> they're so confused <laughs> so i want to intervene here bernie when you uh were in a uh stream of mine last night is this correct i was yes and what was the number one phrase that my fire team was saying last night in private matches as we were warming up? Besides, goddammit. Uh, and what followed the goddammit? Oh, shoulder charge. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone's Ooh. name, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> goddammit, Val. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everyone in the fire team. <laughs> They'd be playing, and then all of a sudden, someone would just randomly go, "God damn it, Val!" <laughs> it never failed. You would kill Nips, and then not even like the body wouldn't even disappear. There's Val clean you up like yeah. every single time. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you're feeling Arc Arc Strider, Burning Wing. I know you haven't played. Is there one that you're excited to try? Well, so I have played. I didn't say oh, I didn't okay. play. I just said okay. I have horrible internet. Okay. <laughs> so I did play. I've tried a little bit of it, but uh, I only have the one class on PlayStation, which is uh, Warlock, because that's all I need. And um, uh, so far, I've, I'm liking the changes. It, it's they're gonna get some. They're, I'm gonna need to get used to them again because yep. having two primaries, I'm like, all right, I'll run hand cannon here, auto rifle. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't have to do that. I can run something else. But like I have basically no power weapons anymore. Everything got moved either to energy or kinetic. So what what subclass are you loving though? Oh, Voidwalker. Voidwalker. Are you thinking oh, yeah. Blink? 
I played played with Blink for a little bit last night, and I think I dropped twenty five kills, thirty kills. What uh, Damn. what exotic are you using? The uh, Ophidians. Okay. Yep. Uh, Scott, you are a Titan main, and I'm going mm. to guess you played Hammers. Would that be correct? That is correct. Uh, I not to say I don't play anything else. I played Striker for a while before I figured out the D two Hammer uh-huh. uh, Hammer game, but. Uh, Man, that top that top tree top hammers tree? Yeah, with the shoulder charge. Oof, oof. Uh, I had some dirty ones today. I came around a corner and just popped the dude in the head with the hammer, and he just turned into orange dust and floated away. I'm, I'm like sitting there trying my kids napping. I'm trying not to scream like "fuck yeah, shoulder charges back." Baby. Let's did do you, this. Did you happen to have boots on that maybe give you an overshield, or what exotic were you using? Oh man, I usually I usually roll with utility, so I'll go with the uh, the armamentarium, and I will fucking drop grenades all day. Thermites, which, which thermites? Yeah, thermites down. You, it's area denial, dude. Thermites, you drop them down a hall. Like I love doing it as a surprise. You know, I'll rush in, I'll get a couple <laughs> shots off, and then my favorite thing to do is jump up and like basically Titan skate in the air back. I mean, I play PlayStations. I can't Titan skate very well. You know, it, it's on PC. You can do it. But like basically, I've, it's like a hit and run. You run in, you hit him with like, you know, in this case, I was hitting him with uh, Ganora's axe where I was, uh, you know, getting a few shots, a few bursts off with Vigilance Wing. And then yeah. as they're rushing me, I jump in the air, boost back and then throw a thermite grenade at my feet. And that thermite, the wave of flames will clean them up. So you get like double and triple down like that. Um, for the shoulder charge, man, I love just like rushing at people from the side. Um, you the see animation, dude, the animation oh, on that shoulder so charge is so great. Good. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> so I, uh, I was, I thought I was going to be mating Warlock, man. I played Warlock a lot this week after being on a hunter for months. And then after the game last night, I was like, fuck it. I want to do something fun. Like, I want to play stupid, like, for the rest of the night. Right. And I, I was like, what would be fun? And I go, I want to shoulder charge people because Nips has been shoulder charging me all <laughs> fucking week. Like, <laughs> so <clears throat> I jumped on Striker first and I played a game with Striker and it was fun. And then I looked at, I see the exotic I was wearing was the MK44 standicides, which. As you run on the ground, you grant get an overshield, and the longer yep. you run, the more, more powerful more powerful your shield gets. Um, I was like, "Oh, this works for every subclass." So I went to hammers, and I picked top tree. And every time my melee was up, I would just start running, and I would just build a jug shield, and I would just have a jug shield, and you can <laughs> run with it, and you can jump with it, and you can bob and weave with it, and I oh, would just God. out of nowhere just like <laughs> that's just, such just, I, it, just it's, bash people, dude. It's such a scumbag like loadout, but it's so effective and it's so good if you know how dude, to use it. There was so many times last night that my team would be like running up or cornering someone or doing yeah. something like that, and out of nowhere I would just come flying and just like shoulder charge <laughs> the person into a ball of flame and just keep going. Like. <laughs> Uh, I I did find that um, it's so hilarious. <laughs> getting off of my uh, voop and switching to a shotgun, um, I think it was shotgun inaugural address. I think that's what I was running. Mm. Um, that that worked well with the Titan. Um, yeah, 
yeah, with Perfect Paradox and Inaugural addressed running the the full auto, auto shotgun. Ooh, yeah. Perfect Paradox. I, I actually, as soon as I heard that was going to Kinetic, I don't, I have, the problem with, for me, with loadouts for D2 is like, a lot of the Kinetic weapons just don't fit a niche that I play in. So like, I've got um, Sweet Business, I've got Vigilance Wing, uh, the Braytech Winter Wolf is like one of my go-to auto rifles, Ghost Primus, like, uh, Antiope or Antiope, however you say it. That's another one that I use quite a bit. Um, those are like really, really good guns. And, but those are like the only guns that I use. I've actually, um, I'm usually not a big hand cannon guy. I'm usually, like I said, scouts and autos, but, um, I started using midnight coup in the crucible last week. And it's just like, you don't even have to hit him in the head. That's also very dirty. You can just body somebody a couple times and they instantly die uh, with cleanup shots and stuff. So um, that, that uh, Midnight Coup, I think, is in one of the better archetypes right now. Oh, yeah. That's the it, same as Dire Promise, I believe. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, it's a 150. Dire Promise is what? Is that a 110, I think? I can tell you, I'm pulling it up right no, now. No, I think that I promise is 140. It might be one. Yeah. It might be 150. I know it's one of the faster ones. I have one. Dyer on is wall. 150 too. Oh no, shit. But yeah, I, I immediately like I have a handful of uh, kinetic slots open, so I grab Perfect Paradox, and I'm like, man, when I figure out what I'm going to run as an energy weapon, this thing, it's going to be so good. Um, I totally had it somewhere. Oh yeah, here it is. So. Yeah, so Dire Promise and Midnight Coup, they are the, both um, the 150s. They're the fastest time to kill for headshots and body shots out of the... Oh, no, I'm sorry, for headshots out of the hand cannons. Body shots the fastest is the 180s. I don't know. I like I like Midnight Coup, man. It's what I... Before I had Redrix, that was my go-to PvE weapon because it had Rampage and Outlaw on it. It's crazy in PvE too. Like I was playing uh, a little bit with Escalation Protocol with that, and it's just like almost two tapping some of those red bar enemies. You just like ping, ping, and then it reload the reload procs, and you're just like speeding through. Or no, I was doing Lost Sectors last week on uh, Titan with them, and it's just like you know, you you ping them with the the headshot, and then it's just like you see the thing flash like outlaw and rampage and you reload like you reload so fucking fast it's not even funny yeah so speaking of hand cannons how yeah. do you guys feel about the recoil because we is that, Ramblin so, posted a pretty big bug about it yeah so pc is bugged for sure but the way it's worded worded i don't know if it's bugged on xbox and playstation like the way that bungie said that it was bugged uh on their tweet it wasn't totally clear if it was bugged on everything or just pc because it, it was something like something is known to be bugged on pc and hand cannon recoil and it was like is hand cannon recoil like with the pc you know part of it or are you just saying this is bugged on pc and then hand hmm. cannon recoil for all of them is bugged you know so i feel it like with the and statement it's two separate things yeah well and that that's kind of yeah, I don't know, man. I'm well, so it, it's not just hand cannons, though, right? It's it's all guns. Because in a, a tweet from Ramblin', he tests the... Um, the Redrix the, as well. The Redrix, yeah. And it, it is a big difference between when before he goes into menu and after, after the uh, revive. 
Oh, yeah, for the okay. pulses, it's not as big, but like as the hand cannon, but it's still pretty noticeable. I mean, like at range, it makes a pretty big difference. Huh. Interesting. I wonder if that's why I hated the uh, Redrix when I first tried, tried to play with it, and I was like, nope, I cannot challenge hand cannons right now. Is that this a part of it? Now, is this recoil thing? Is this a new thing since the patch? Since or the or patch. Is it... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it was introduced this week. All right, I haven't played enough probably to notice then. Either that or it's not bugged on, uh, on uh, what is it, PC? No, PlayStation, sorry. Yeah, it's not bugged on PlayStation. It might not be bugged on PlayStation because I didn't really notice too much difference. I was still, like, mapping people with Vigilance Wing and kind of laughing about it. I'm uh, I'm bad with hand cannons, so I just defaulted back to a pulse rifle. And I just looked for the best <laughs> pulse rifle stats that I could find, and I was like, I'm going to yeah. use this archetype. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. Uh, they did a lot this week. Um, do you guys think the new uh, TTK is good? I'm actually surprised at how good it is. I Like I said, being, not being a big PvP guy, I'm usually fucking cannon fodder for the better players. So anything that gives me a fighting chance of getting away and uh, not tanking my efficiency rating is I'm a big fan of. So, like, for a while, everybody wanted a quick TTK and, you know whatever and it would kind of i was kind of like you know like if if you want it to be so fast like it's gonna end up like call of duty and i despise those games so i'm like you know maybe whatever but i, I mean just pl- the little bit that i played today man it was so much more fun and it was like i feel like they they got it just about right in the sense that like before i would get into punch fights with other subclasses in the crucible and, you know, Titans were not supposed to lose fist fights. Well, <laughs> I would sometimes lose fist fights, and it would be very infuriating. <laughs> um, that's after, like, tagging them with a, the, bur- the end of a burst of a pulse or, you know, something like that. So the, I think they got some the, some of the TTK changes pretty good. Um, still not I, – I, like I said, I only played a few games this afternoon, probably for, like, two hours or something like that. Um, so it's still not a lot of seat time with the new weapon system and everything else. Uh, I, I think, think it's going to change. I think it's going to change a lot, though, dude. Like that, that's the nice thing is it, this is like it's like a weird draft preview this week, right? Because not everything is correct. We know we're getting a day one patch and right. we had we don't have any of the new weapons. We don't have any of the new weapons that fit in the new slots, you know, or, or chasing yeah. random rolls or adding perks like. See, I'm I'm thinking that the new weapons and and the uh, random rolls are going to be the thing when that comes out. Yeah. Like it's fun right now, but it it doesn't feel a whole lot faster to me, anyways, than it did before. I just noticed I was hitting people and they were going down quicker. You know, like the one hit shoulder charge thing was fucking huge. I got at least five of those this afternoon alone. Oh my god, dude, that was um, that padded my KD so much yesterday. Yep. And, oh. and even, <laughs> even with like you know talking about like other weapons that I don't personally use, like I'm not a sniper, but I got domed like four times oh, by yeah. snipers today, and I'm just like oh, yeah. motherfucker. I forgot they even existed. You get a good sniper, man. <laughs> we were we were doing private matches with Stormy and Fell. I think you were playing. Oh my this god. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and and fucking that. dude, fucking Stormy, man, he's he's OG sniper like from D one. Like he was, he did a lot of trials carries. He was very handy with the sniper, and he was just back to his old shit. Like you walk through a doorway like an idiot, like I do all the time, 
And, uh, you know, I, I was so good in, at the end of D1 about being smart about doorways and all that stuff, and it all went away with D2, and I just slowly got yeah. bad habits back. And, like, we're playing, and it's just like, oh, punished for going through that door wrong. Oh, punished for doing that door wrong. Oh, punished for peeking that 50-50 lane like an idiot that everyone peeks. It's just <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. And then... <laughs> And then from the opposite side, not only am I worried about about how I'm peeking things, but I'm also worried about my radar because one of my friends, who will rename nameless, <clears throat> Val, uh, <laughs> has a shotgun and spawns with shotgun ammo every time he spawns. And granted, he doesn't spawn that often, but he does have a shotgun in his hand at most times. And like, dude, my only defense was like running a fusion and then trying to be smart about how I was like moving around the map because got one dude bum rushing you and the other one watching every lane that you're gonna try and <laughs> and walk through Dude, the See, that's the thing though with like this meta now is like you spent so long in d1 right like everyone was an eight like they had a shotgun or the sniper and you know either you had to play to like the long range or the short range either way like yeah. you were so defensive but like aggression was so rewarding right right and then like you get to d2 where that whole play style just goes straight to the trash right like if you try to do that like just one person posted up and like if another guy just puts one bullet in you you can't win like there's no longer like a 1v3 situation or like i get a team wave on my own gun skill because gun skill doesn't really matter as much as team play at d2 it's like all these good habits that like work in d1 you like had to you spent like i spent i'll say it's like a couple months being like okay don't push don't push there's gonna be two people like if you see another person just back away like you know like breaking all those bad habits of like oh there's only two people i could do this that's not a big deal but like in d2 it's like no i can't do that no you couldn't yeah i mean you could but the rest of us couldn't (laughs) i mean like but like the thing is like against sweats right let's let's say like people on the same skill level in d1 you can still 1v2 right like you would play it properly and you could do it in D2, right. it doesn't matter how good the person is. Like, they could be as good as me, or they can, like, be as bad as, like, a point by player. The fact is, if there's one bullet coming from any direction on you, the point by player wins. Like, even yeah. if my KD's, like, a 4.0, it doesn't make a difference. And so, like, you spend so long, like, just being like, I can't do this, retrain to, like, play passive, play a little more defensive, play with my team, which was, like, I think, Bluffy, when we were grinding that Redrix, I think that was where I finally, like, learned team play. Yeah. Like, I had to rely on you and, like, work with you as well. Whereas, like, before, it's just always, like, flank, flank, flank. Like, catch them off guard, flank, do this. And then now that we're back in this meta, it's, like, back to D1. So, it's, like, I spent so long forgetting how to do all this stuff, <laughs> trying to relearn the game. And now it's, like, oh, yeah, all this stuff is good again. And you're just, like, God, it's, like, 180s left and right. And just, it's so hard to, like, readapt again. Yeah. It is really weird. Um, just even like playing that little bit with a shotgun it's not the same shotgun game as it was in d1 like uh during like i was a diehard matador user um i started out using vacancy and i wasn't really sure what anything to use and then at some point it came to my attention that like mita matador was a viable thing for me so i would use it all the time and um i mean d1 supremacy i was that asshole striker titan with uh Twilight Garrison and a Matador just light people <laughs> up. It didn't fucking matter. Oh, I, I love Twilight Garrison. I fucking lived for it, right? So, and even when they changed it to sidearms, I was one of the, the dudes who stuck it out. Like me and there's some other people in our, my clan. We 
you know, despise fucking sidearms. We're like, fuck the wormwood. We're rolling with like matadors and thessens, and we're gonna just wipe these people. And we we did all right most of the time, most of your team play. But it was it's not the same shotgun game it was in D one, where you could like, you know, kind of lure people in through doorways and corners, or just like rush up on them quick, slide and get a get a quick uh, shotgun pick, and keep rolling. Um, there was a couple instances this afternoon where it was for me like I would have to like land. And then sort of re recalculate and you know shotgun the person I was dropping in on because the range I feel like the range in some of the shotguns, especially even the slug shotguns, which are still pretty good. And again, maybe I'm just used to like, or I'm not used to like uh, like Val was saying, you gotta you gotta get used to like the D1 play style again, sort of. Um, I think that's kind of what it might be with me. But yeah, I wasn't able to like you know map people with a fucking Ganora's axe like I used to with Matador. So it's definitely a different game um, with at least shotgun play. I had, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying I, it. I'm, I'm having fun so far. The shotguns made me, and the sni- snipers even more so, I think, made me realize that I need to maybe mess with my sensitivity. Um, with the previous time to kill, my sensitivity was fine, but I had problems tracking people i noticed this week more so than i did previously and maybe it's just because i just never really messed with snipers um but even with shotguns man like trying to play against val with stompies like as a perfect example (laughs) like it's so easy to lose someone in the air when they're on a sensitivity like i was or just confuse Mm -hmm. them and and you almost need that ability to snap around and and play so um, I think speaking of like losing people though is I mean like going back to D1 roots right like if you if someone jumps over you you don't try to look for it you keep running straight like you don't want to even because like if you think about it right like you spend so much time or even like think about it last night right like when I was in that 1v4 scenarios in our league game I wasn't going to win but I would just toy with somebody you know I'd just jump up and down or like dodge and like just confuse them just for the fun of it until I died but like the idea is like if you spend that time looking for them, you give you're opening yourself up to another hit, right? Like someone else is going to mm-hmm. walk up on you, sure. or I know where you are because you're under me, but you don't know where I am. So you're like looking every which way, trying to figure it out. Your radar is useless, basically. But like if you just ran straight and like re- repositioned, you would know exactly where I am. Like I'm going to be behind you no matter where you go. So like the idea, that mentality of in D2, like, it would be okay, right? Like, you can look for him and kill him. But now that everyone has a shotgun or a sniper or even a fusion rifle, you can't you can't give them that opportunity to take you out like that. Because it's such a free kill. And then they get your special ammo and it's just, they keep going. Yeah. But, like, if you run straight and, like, you can, you know where they are, you can readjust. You can counter them. And then they're looking for you at that point. Because they're like, oh, you were under me. Now, where'd you go? Yeah, that was, that's, that was that's good advice. That was definitely one of the things I noticed, too, because, like, you know, again, being a uh, Twilight Garrison user in D1, I was always, always in air using the vertical space, you know, jumping around corners, sliding around corners, trying to just either drop on people from above with a shotgun or um, when they weren't expecting it. And I can't I can't count how many times that that trick worked. It's kind of sad because, like I said, I'm not a great PvP player, but there are some times I you know, definitely literally got the drop on someone. It was like that perfect drop shotgun where you're coming in on a control point, dude's not paying attention, just bang from the back. And then you like, you know, cap the point and run away. Um, 
but I was, I just was not able to do that, um, today specifically with, with the new meta sort of thing. Yeah. So I th- it's I, I either need to get that skill back or it, I need to figure out how to do it. Cause I miss doing that. It was fun. I will say, uh, I, I definitely think that there is a spot for fusions. I know that we talked about Telesto. I think that that's broken, but even with the, <laughs> and, and I, it's, it's broken in a fun way. Don't get me wrong. I'm totally <laughs> going to use it. Uh, I think even with um, regular ones, they did get a nerf. Uh, a lot of the four bolts went up to five bolts. Uh, I don't know about the other ones, but I didn't really play with them. I only played with one fusion. But um, they are a good tool still for countering at least the shotgun meta. Um, right. There was a lot of people that I I was able to bait in the Crucible this week just by, you can tell when they're charging you, right? So just keep that space open. Don't go challenge that doorway. Don't go push through that doorway where they're crouching and waiting for you. Like, make them choke through. Make them come through the doorway. Make them, like, come into a space that is out of their range but still within your fusion range. Um, <laughs> that was that was a lot of what I was trying to do against Val. Unfortunately, he got his 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 rabbit hop down. Yeah, well, so. <laughs> you got me for a while there, and then I mean, like that's the thing, right? Like if you play someone enough, you can kind of anticipate when they're pre-charging or whatever. Yeah. So like it came down to like that cat and mouse game of like I'm gonna come around this corner, Fluffy knows I'm coming. He's gonna start pre-charging, so I'm gonna jump right up when I slide in, and then it's a matter yeah. of. Do I want to double jump in the air or do I want to land and confuse him and then double jump straight away? Just trying to close that distance. So it became yep. more of like a guessing game of like, when are you going to do it? Whereas I think in like comp and like quick play with people who do it, you can't, you don't predict it, right? Like you don't yeah. expect someone to give you that space. No, no, or no that not space. at all. Nope. So like it's, it becomes more of like a, I'm committed and I can't get out of this position now. So like if yeah. you mess up, you're just dead. Like there's no way around it. I so, will say the masterwork counters on my uh, fusion went up quite a bit now that it's in my <laughs> special. <laughs> now that I spawn with two two uh, two pieces of ammo every time I spawn, uh, my counter has been ticking up pretty fast this week. <laughs> so, the wizened rebuke. At yeah. How is that? Because I heard it's fucking awesome. Like yeah, almost an ingredient now. Yeah, I. I think that it's it, the main ingredient. I think they're all the same. Um, I thought Wizard Rebuke was like the slower charge, higher impact version. They, but they of... changed everything. That that's the thing. Uh, is, is that they changed everything. I, I think so, it was like the uh, intro, wasn't it? That that archetype, but it had the uh, no backup plan where you whip it out and it's fast charge. Yeah, that maybe like, that's. So main ingredient actually uh, um, is. Uh, either six bolt or five bolt, depending on if you choose liquid coils or not. Um, and Wiz and Rebuke and yeah. Arental are both five bolt. Um, charge time yeah. for the Wiz and Rebuke is either 900 or 860. Charge time for the Arental, which is what I use, is 820. And it's the fastest charge time in the five bolts right now. No oh, no, sure. I'm sorry. Main ingredient is. That means there's no four bolt kills then, right? No, all the four bolts got moved moved to five. Oh no, Telesto is a four bolt. Oh, it is. Yep, Telesto is yeah. Or no, a three no bolt so and then compared to everything else. 
And so it's are, funny. Are you saying this, Telesto is the best though? Right and it, now? He, this is funny though. <laughs> Telesto's range is one of listed as one of the worst ranges for uh, fusion rifles. Yet, I think playtesting, or at least what I've experienced in the Crucible, is you can reliably hit people at auto rifle range with a fusion rifle. So. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I need to break that out then, because that sounds like fun. So, um, we did play our PvP league this week. Um, we did not move on to the finals, but uh, we did at least try to move on to the finals. Um, I don't know, Val, we played a good team, wouldn't you say? I think we did. They were, I think the way Hambo put it was, or Admiral Nibs, was they were they're a viper team so like they sit back and wait for you to make a mistake and they strike and they strike pretty hard and quick whereas like he described like decks in them as constrictors where it's just constant pressure so you'd have no room to breathe and it's just always you spawn and there's someone on you and you can't basically the constrictors are always making you forcing you into mistakes where the vipers are asking you to make a mistake yep and like the team we played yesterday, like Mad, Crod, um, Cathode, forgot who the, or it was Doc, I think. Doc, yep. Yeah, those guys were just so patient, man. Like they would just hold a lane down, and Crod, oh, yeah. the sniper, was just he slides, and you're just dead, and you're. Just and like, we just okay. dude, we just fed them, or you didn't, but the rest of your team just <laughs> just fed them with mistakes. I mean, that was our downfall. Was like we just. We didn't adapt to that playstyle um, well enough to, to to counter it, and and they're all skilled players. I, and you did very well, Val. But it was definitely a, a trade off on who is making the most mistakes each game and feeding them kills uh, in the three that we played. But I mean, like if you think about that game, though, like I think we were the underdogs, and we were sli- like the percentage of chance oh, yeah. of us winning yeah. were de- was definitely low. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, not even like, like not even thirty percent, maybe. I mean, we yeah. had, we we had some bad odds. <laughs> no, like, I didn't know who Doc was, but like he played really well too. So like he basically, I think a cathode was probably the weakest link there. And even yeah. then, he like he knows how to play to his strengths, right? Like oh, he sat he was with, still better than me. <laughs> he was he had that grenade launcher, man. Like whenever I got hit by that, it was just like okay, like I had to dodge out of here. I'm dead. It's just yeah. he knows how to play with his teammates so well that you can't even like focus down the weakest link because he's so well protected yep. and he, he always has someone or he supports someone really well. But I mean, like given well, that you were team, saying Crod had 12 Valerie sets this season. Yeah, dude, that guy, 12. Like, think about that guy's 12. Oh my had, God. I think like I was in what is it, Charlemagne or something. Like I was just on there randomly one day and he did his PV or his PVP stats and he had like 30,000 glory. And I'm just like, Dude, what the heck? I had two and I thought I was pretty good, but like this guy has thirty like I had I think four thousand or five thousand glory. This yeah. guy has thirty thousand glory. Yeah. So like That's he plays nuts. Yeah, he plays a good bit. So like he definitely knows his way around the pe- the crucible. Yeah, and Mads Mads does the Sherpa thing on Reddit, so he's good. And I think Doc was in, in the PvP Bear League with you guys. So they're all like they all know their way around around a gun and and around the team, you know. I don't know. I'm glad that we got to play. It was fun. It was a fun league. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, 
I think from our first game to oh, yesterday's yeah. game, yeah. regardless of like even if we lost or not, like just the improvement in team play versus. I mean, like remember that first game, like we couldn't even win a control match. Like we lost, yeah. like what was it, like, <laughs> under to like ten? <laughs> like oh, dude, we got we got stupid. stomped so bad, and they were the first <laughs> team that we played too. They were the very first team that we played, and we just got just got stomped and then chuck followed it up with an even bigger stomp in the next uh next round and and scott zan's on our team so zan was playing with us through oh, all this too. Yep. he's so. pretty good he he loves that fighting line i don't know what he's going to do now that all the <laughs> breach uh loaded grenade launchers are in that that special like energy slot but he loves that fighting line man and i've seen him play with that thing before it's fucking he's nasty like we played doubles a couple times and we've like I, like I said, I'm not really good, but like when I when I play with people I'm comfortable playing with, I can play all right. Uh, and there was this one doubles match where we wiped the floor, but he had something like fucking 25 or 23 kills, and the majority of them were with fighting lines. So <laughs> the, def- <laughs> this update definitely plays to the strengths of players like that for sure. Um, yeah, and all the grenade, grenade launchers, launchers are yeah buff too right so like now i think yeah. he was saying he can get a hit and then it's one hand cannon body and you're dead yeah so like, yeah that means like we have to like adjust our resilience values now to like figure out can i take that body shot yep yeah i'm waiting for the follow follow-up plays video about my, what resilience i should be running i think everyone's looking <laughs> at six right now i think six is a magic number but uh i i think we'll find out more in the coming weeks what the what the best best number is as the meta settles yeah i saw on the crucible playbook someone posted some like stats of like this is how many each resilience i think up to six gives you one point of health and like six to nine gives you two points of health and ten gives you three so like we have some sort of measurement now but i mean it's not like a clear consensus of like six is where you want to be or seven yeah because i don't think anyone's figured out the meta truly yet like people are still playing with their guns figuring out like what's optimal what's not yep no, it's only a one-week meta. It's all going to change come Tuesday, anyways. Yeah, right, once exactly. once once mods start dropping, <laughs> I think that's really going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm some of them started really dropping this week. That. They they had an unintentional bug, which is funny because the DMG put out a tweet and he goes, <laughs> "The unintentional bug of people getting forsaken gear will be fixed." in the next update well the next update <laughs> is forsaken so <laughs> i was like that is hilarious man like that's clever but, <laughs> way to go bungee bravo um did, did you guys go get any of that armor from the I, flash did. Point? I, I did play the flashpoint to get the armor and i got i did it with my warlock and i got arms and i was running ophidians in pvp so i was like oh i got arms that i'm not going to use for anything okay <laughs> so i got some boots other Shattercross, I think is the name of the armor set. I haven't got a chance to look at them. I got it during my postmaster. Scatterhorn. Yes, that's that's what it is. Scatterhorn. Hey, yeah. uh, speaking of, have you guys seen? There were some screenshots posted of somebody adsing with something that looked an awful lot like Gallahorn. Is that a thing, or did somebody play a nasty Photoshop trick on me, and I'm going to be very sad? I didn't see anything. Was it about like a Titan or something like that? I don't remember. All I know is I saw the somebody posted a screenshot in our Discord, and it was it was a Gallahorn scope with the three wolves on it. I'm just like, oh, is my baby coming back? <laughs> I had, I haven't seen anything about that. I don't know, dude. Tracking rockets. That oh, you know what? That's one awesome. thing. Okay, so right now, 
the heavy slot is kind of a kind of a shit show. But with tracking rockets in competitive play and in the crucible, I think we're going to see a lot of that because why not have a rocket that tracks someone in your heavy? No, you guys, you're going to see that until the no, heavy machine guns come back in uh, uh, yeah. the first DLC. Right. No, I thought no. They said December. It's gonna, it's gonna be later on. Yeah, season, yeah, December, uh, season, of the, season of the Forge is where I saw the heavy machine guns are supposed to come back, and I didn't. I don't recall the month attached to that, but it, I don't think it was the first one. So I you like got heavy machine guns. No, it gotta be the first one <laughs> sure. because otherwise they're gonna be two before the end of the year in four months. Maybe it is the first one then. So it's not gotta be the first one. Otherwise, it, they're gonna run out of shit real quick. All right, so <clears throat> Nips isn't here uh, tonight, guys, and so he has given me the keys to the show, and he's not a big car guy, but I am a big car guy. <laughs> what, a pay, what, a, what, a, what a shame. <laughs> and uh, I know, man. You know, For all he's that single. trivia he has. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's single. He has, you know, he doesn't live, like, in a lavish house. He doesn't, like have well i guess he spends money on video games but he doesn't have like super expensive hobbies he could be yeah, like go, Val. Go he could just buy a supercar and drive around all the time oh, <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got magic as one of his hobbies that's yeah that's yeah, a pretty expensive one yeah, like those cards get way up there dude like <laughs> that yeah. is true um but anyways so he said you know, I, I could bring all my recording stuff with me to Europe, or I could just enjoy my vacation. And I'm like, yeah, you should sure. probably enjoy your vacation. He goes, why don't you do, why don't you do your, uh, do a little fun car show? So I brought you guys on so we can <laughs> talk play about with cars. cars over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, I think the best way to start it off is, um, you know, we all are kind of different in, in how we are into cars and what cars we're into, which is kind of cool. So maybe, like, talk about a cool car event that you've been to, uh, like, whether it was, like, a professional thing or a show uh, or just a local meet, um, just to kind of give people, like, an idea of, of kind of the stuff that you're into and, and what you like. So, um Scott, you said that you were doing something with uh, off-roading recently. Um, I was actually watching some of the sh- the shows. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm into four-wheel drive and off-road, uh, mainly Jeeps. I know a little bit about Broncos, a little bit about Toyotas, um, not necessarily as much as, as about Land Rovers and stuff like that. Um, but it's mostly like, you know, the technical builds, more rock crawling, not so much buggies, but like the street driven vehicles that can also, uh, climb some pretty nasty technical trails. Um, and, uh, my son found the YouTube button on our TV remote. I didn't know. I thought we had to download it and I'm like, I'm not going (laughs) to bother with that, but he found it. So I'm like, Oh sweet. So we've been watching a show called dirt every day, uh, which is one of my favorite shows now because it's Fred Williams from, uh, Peterson's four wheel drive and off road. And, uh, basically they do, um, which ties into this, this story, uh, the story about the coolest event I've been to. Um, I'll get to that in a minute, but basically they, they go out and it's, um, Fred Williams and his co-host Dave, they go out and they do, they buy different like four wheel drive vehicles, not always new ones. Sometimes it's old ones. Uh, a lot of times it's old ones. 
and they go out and they, they build them and they take them out on the trail and they do stuff They show you how to do things they talk about <clears throat> like some of the history of them um they go to different events and things and one of the cool things about um peterson's four-wheel drive and off-road is they do something called ultimate adventure every year which is basically um the magazine staff from the group of magazines that they're in they all because they're magazine editors and it's their thing they all either they pick a rig or a theme so some one year it was all full-size rigs so everybody had like the larger like some of the jeep pickups and the, the scrambler and then there was guys with full-size chevy pickups the square bodies and a couple of full-size broncos and things like that which is really cool to see because you don't see as many of them out in the wilds nowadays mm-hmm. um sure and then uh like another year they did like coast to coast and the thing with ultimate adventure is the vehicle has to be able to drive 60 miles down the road like 60 miles an hour down the road for you know 150 miles whatever in between spots because sometimes they do go cross country so my son and i have been watching that and um it's really funny because he's like he's into it now you know he's one and a half so he, he loves cars loves uh motorcycles and stuff he makes the car noise when he sees them um so Interesting. Interestingly enough, the being into the whole off-road thing, um, I've built two Jeeps already going on three soon, um, just over the years. Um, the coolest car event I've, or vehicle event I've been to, like I've been to a bunch of car shows. I've been to some other stuff and it's, it's fairly common. This one was a weird one. Um, I was actually on a magazine trail ride for Peterson's four-wheel drive and off-road and my rig actually made it in the magazine, oh, nice. which was huge so uh, is this a, the, at the event or is this like separate yeah this is the event this is what okay it, this okay is cool, cool. so basically um there's a shop up here in my area called rock crawler suspensions they make uh hardcore suspension for like you know street driven vehicles like mostly jeeps um they have a an arm for full-size trucks and stuff like that but the name of that brand is different um so I'm, i was tight with with a lot of the guys working there um for a bit and one of the dudes sent me a text message, uh, I think it was like a week before. He's like, do you want to go on a ride with us? Like, we're going out July 3rd. I'm like, yeah, sure, you know. Because anytime, like, obviously with cars, you know, you got to know everybody's going to have whatever performance shop or company. If it's if it's an actual company or performance shop, they're going to have their shop vehicles out. And that's your chance to go see how they work. So it's going to yeah, be yeah. awesome. So sure. for me, I'm like, yeah, yeah sure, awesome. So, um I said, yeah, sure. So I show up at the, at the rally point, you know, meet up with all the guys and stuff. And they got their big, like 30 foot trailer with their two Jeeps. And there's a bunch of people with them. So there's like 10, 15 guys. I'm like, Oh, sweet. You know, I've done a couple of trail ride events before you got, you know, 10, 15, sometimes 20 vehicles to a group. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be cool. We get out to the trail and, um, there were 43 rigs waiting for us, mostly Jeeps. Uh, there was a Toyota 4Runner who was tagging along in the back, and there was some crazy, uh, like, rock buggy thing that used to be a GMC Suburban. It's now got, like, a 454 big block and Rockwell axles on, like, 42-inch tires. The thing was a, absolutely <laughs> It was insane. This dude was, like, climbing walls with it. Um, it was an amazing, amazing vehicle. Um, so these events, like, are they, um, are, are they pretty, like – intermediate are they pretty like technical like how hard are the events this event that you're going on usually with trail rides it depends um you know that like we 
the club that I'm in, we do beginner stuff, a lot of easy stuff uh, to help people sort of get into it and get their feet wet. Um, I have gone the full gamut, you know, like to some of the more extreme stuff without, you know, going tra- without uh, traveling into the like the buggy, the trailer only, you know, rock buggy range where it can't be driven on the street because it's got like 42 inch tires and doesn't steer straight. But yeah, it right, right. Also. Um, so I've, I've definitely stepped up to the edge of that. I call it the edge of reason. And I look over the edge and I'm like, mm, I don't want to go over there. I think I'm okay. And I stepped, I stepped back. So, um, you know, I've, I've, I've run the gamut. This particular uh, trail that we ran, this is going back probably about five, six years now was, uh, it was a, an interesting trail because it's, well-known in the Northeast. Um, the magazines have been there a couple times and it's basically, if you imagine like there's a short bit of woods that you climb up and you imagine like a ski slope or a narrow ski slope covered in boulders and ledges. And that's kind of what it is. Oh, cool. Um, so was, was this like the YouTube, um, channel that you're watching were they there like filming like while you guys were doing this 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 was before they got big with with youtube and stuff but it was the magazine that was that has the youtube channel that does that show now it was them doing it Mm -hmm. so like you know my rig got in uh the other the sister magazine that's all jeeps jp um my rig got in there was a little tiny shot but i was still there they gave my name and my specs my rig so i was like yeah i'm awesome um it was, it was pretty cool. And like, you know, like I said, it was every, we had a bunch of different build levels there. So we had guys on like, you know, four door, brand new four door Wranglers, $60,000 Jeep with, you know, another 10 or 12 in parts. And they're climbing up these rock walls and taking it easy. And then we had these dudes who brought out like these hardcore, like race buggies, more or less. Uh, the rock crawler guys had their, one of their first, uh, JK platform, which JK Wranglers 07 to 17, um, they had their competition rig there that they were running. Um, this is actually the first like event that I'd ever been on. A lot of the magazine runs are like either they either put them out as invite only, so it's a small group, or something like this. It's a it's a manufacturer or a vendor that wants to get their product out there in the magazine and show some of the rigs that have been built with it. So they'll put the word out on forums. So it's like you know you're not getting Joe Blow off the street who doesn't know what he's doing. You're getting the guys who came in and they're like they drop serious coin on, on the product and on the vehicle and they built it. So they know what's going into it. So, I mean, this is, it was an awesome, awesome day. Um, <clears throat> it was crazy because like I, like I said, I typically have been on the easier side of things, but this is actually the first ride I was on where they had some like serious rollovers. Um, and there was actually one person who did get injured, but that was more because he had more vehicle than he did, skills so you know you tell them like when you get your front tires up on that that ledge like ease into it give it a little throttle when you feel the back tires connect with that the bottom of the ledge so it'll spin heat up and pull you up this dude took that and just mashed the throttle so as soon as his front tires went up he mashed the throttle and it went over backwards (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i could see that i could see uh nature nature coming in there uh that's awesome dude that sounds like a good time man it's like, a fucking blast man and i mean that like just getting into like four-wheel drive and off-road and jeeps has gotten me into the rest of the automotive like gearhead world you know i've from there i kind of went out into like I, I had a 06 charger rt for a little while um daytona package so it had like the fancy paint and decals i couldn't afford the srt that was a fucking expensive um oh, you nice, know but man. i've 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 gotten out in a little bit more so and i mean 
I'm that's always cool, man. I love it. I love talking shop. Love watching car documentaries. Everything. So I th- yeah, I think we'll I think we'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit too. Um, Burning Wing, why don't you go next, man? You're on a little bit of a different spectrum for cars. Uh, yeah, uh, my, my my spectrum is uh, the old school. Uh, Ooh, nice hot rods. It's um, basically what I grew up working on and hanging out around. Um, uh, the thing I, I guess the thing that really I love about them is me and my grandpa used to go to car shows all the time, and my grandpa passed away about seven eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. But uh, he would tell me stories because he owned. I swear to God, he owned ninety percent of everything we looked at. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I had one of those. I tore a variant out of that. I'd put a 460 in there, race this dude, beat his ass. Couldn't go more than 30 miles an hour, though. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you know, so th- that's kind of what it was. Um, where I live, um, well, I, I don't live there now. Where I grew up uh, in Wichita, they actually have quite a few, like, big car shows. Okay. They have, um, and Daryl Starbird started uh right outside of wichita in uh derby is that right yeah uh, you probably you've probably seen daryl starboard cars but don't know the name uh he, he did a lot of custom custom cars anyways he had a big car show there in wichita for years uh but it got bought out uh last five years ago or so but so we have that one we have uh one which is my favorite it's called the moonlight car show it starts at six o'clock in the evening and it goes till midnight. That's and, awesome. Yeah, that's and what cool. they do is, is you, you bring your cars in. They have downtown blocked off for, I think it's four four blocks east and west and two blocks north and south. And they have a bunch of car shops that, that come set up. And, and you see all these cars. There's normally about five, 600 cars here for oh, this that's thing. That's cool. That's cool. Then, then it's, at like midnight, a, it's like a reverse cars and coffee. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. At midnight, um, the cops come in and shut down the street that this is butted up against called Douglas. So Douglas, back in you know the 50s, 60s, was um, the main drag there in Wichita. If you wanted to go racing, you went to Douglas because that's where everyone was going to be. So at midnight, <laughs> the cops come in, they close it down, and the cars, if you want to, you don't have to. They'll go up and down Douglas, just like it, like the old times. You know, lights still go go work and everything. You go red, green, whatever. You stop, and then you hear them start revving it up, and they'll take off for a second. That's and awesome. Not, you can't do a whole <laughs> lot because you got cops right there watching you. <laughs> right. right, right, right. But they they have that, and then that's cool, man. That's cool that 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 they're willing to shut down part of the street to allow that to happen. Well, so they they tried to shut the whole thing down a couple uh, years back. Because the city got in with another uh, car club, or something. Okay. It was called a uh, Thunder Nationals, and they they held it downtown. It was on on a weekend and whatnot. But they had big manufacturers come in, like Ford, when they first released the uh, Raptor. No okay. shit. They they brought the Raptor down. They made themselves a little track, and they were taking people around doing the little jump and all that. You know, That's I'm sure cool. I saw the, the demo video for it. Well, the city has to keep insurance. On those big shows like that, right? They weren't they weren't gonna pay for insurance on the Moonlight Car Show, and it was like uh, five hundred thousand dollars, I think, is what. Oh, he needed. jeez! And like, hey, and they didn't give him much time. They gave him like a month notice. Oh, hey, by the way, we're not gonna do this. So everyone had to rally up and come up with a show. 
And the city was like, oh, we done fucked up. Okay, well, we'll, we'll help you cover some of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good well, that's, to hear, man. That's usually, cool, man. Usually they get told to go pound salt. <laughs> Normally, but they, they knew they screwed up with that one. My uh, The old place that I lived at, um, that town, they would shut down four or five blocks. And it was a tiny town, like... Um, you know, there it was. It was weird because I was about ten minutes from downtown St. Paul, so I was like in the inner ring suburbs. Uh, but this town was founded a long time ago, so it just had like a like a four or five block main street, and then it was just houses everywhere. But they would shut that down every Friday night in the summer, and it would just be I think cars like seventy and older could park there, yeah. and people would walk up and down. Yeah. But they didn't do the cool. Uh, the cool drag racing or anything like that, but it definitely, you know, the streets were always packed with people like walking around, checking stuff out. So there's uh, actually, it, it's cool to hear that that was going on still there. There's actually an event up by me. Um, it's called the Adirondack nationals. And I didn't know it was as big as it is. Apparently it's kind of big. Um, happens like the weekend after, I think it actually might be going on next week. I come to think of it. Cause it's always like the weekend after the end of the summer. And they do, it's like the same thing. There's a huge car show. It's all classics. Um, so it's like 25 years and older. Uh, and it's everything from like, you know, some of the old European and Japanese ones. to like hot rods. There's, uh, there's like four wheel drives and stuff. There's like some guy brought like a fucking restored tractor trailer from the fifties. Like oh, nice, you know, the, the tractor. It's so. It's yeah. it's crazy what people what people bring back and paint and and some of the money they put into that stuff. So it's it's cool to like see that's still going on and people people still have those those cars and they don't just like turn into rust and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got I got one more though for you. Uh, there's a town not too far from me uh, where I live now uh, called Norwich. They will um, it's normally in the springtime. Anyways, they have this thing called Norwich Days. It's their like little fair for their town or whatever. But the big attraction is on Saturday they have drag races down Main Street. No shit. And, and so <laughs> this town's probably eight hundred people. Uh and it probably doubles in size whenever the drag races go down and there's there just like cars s- lined up everywhere. Is it like mm-hmm. stores? Is there like buildings yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude, that's so, so dangerous. So the, the, <laughs> well, okay, so... so the drag race is only like uh, about a block. Oh, okay, okay. It's not like a quarter. I'm just thinking no, like just... high-powered cars going down like a not-that-well-maintained street with businesses on the oh, side. Oh, God. <laughs> that just sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so me and the kids went a while back, and I wasn't thinking about it. They wanted to see the car, so we got up there. You know, they're doing burnouts and whatnot. I didn't think about it. Like, the, the streets are covered in sand. Like you said, they got potholes. Yeah. And they got high-horsepower cars. I mean, some of these are legit drag cars that they bring down there and run on this thing. And so, you know, they start doing burnouts and we start getting pelted with sand. I'm like, okay, let's get you guys back. But it's cool to see some of the stuff that they that they bring out. Like you just don't see very often anymore. Um, So, Val, (laughs) Val, you're kind of on a different spectrum here. Uh, You know, Scott's got the off road. Burning Wings kind of old school. You are you're a little bit newer. Well, maybe I'm wrong here, but you're you're more of a newer enthusiast to the car scene, right? I am a new enthusiast. I mean, I didn't have my first car till I was 26 since I got my job recently. And like, oh, nice. my parents got me like an oh, Acura Lord. TL. That was my that was my car for eight months. 
was like a 2003 Acura TL. So that's, that's where I started. <laughs> but then you you kind of got hooked with the, the newer technology horsepower cars, right? Yeah. So after I got my big boy job, I decided <laughs> to go all out and I got myself an Audi S5. So since I got that car, I think I became more of a car enthusiast because, hell, I didn't know anything about cars before that, right? Like I had a buddy who works at Buff. <laughs> Like he, he I works in that. <laughs> I mean, I really wasn't like everything I needed to know was like either I went to my dad or I went to my friend because like he worked at a basically a tire and performance store. So like I just right. be like, hey man, like this is going wrong. Can like the dude at the store look at it and fix it for me? It's like yeah, yeah. I got you. Just bring it on on Saturday. That's it. That was like my whole like, car thing, except gas and whatever. <laughs> and then like I got this car, and so I started going on the forums, being like. Oh, what do people do with this car? Like, I want to be part of the family. <laughs> and right? that's how it starts. <laughs> yeah. And then you have like Audi themselves, like sending you like letters, like, oh, welcome to the Audi family. Like, here, you can go here and check out all this stuff. Like, you know, like, all this apparel, like, like baby seats, like a married or something. But either way, like, the forums were the downfall, man. Like, you go on there and you see like this crazy stuff that people do, like carbon fiber, everything, or like replacing their engine blocks or like changing the wheels and tires you know the basics but like just watching that stuff i started and like oh my god i got hooked and like how it always starts (laughs) (laughs) i literally got hooked and so like ever since i think it was last year october 2017 is when i got it and up till this point i've just been modding my car every month i do something to it and i think this month it's a huge wave of upgrades and like I'm changing the color, I'm getting like autoflex on it. I got it stage two tuned, and like I'm getting, it's getting a whole new look. And then I'm gonna go to Caffeine and Octane next month and have it showcased with Butler. So that's gonna be pretty oh, sweet. That's, 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 sweet. that's pretty sweet, dude. That's pretty sweet. So that'll be so yeah. So I'm a new car enthusiast, but I think I've learned a lot just through modding the car and just going to the shop numerous yeah. times like i'm on a first name basis with a lot of these shop owners now like like oh hey what's up like you're the, you're the guy who spent five thousand dollars every time you show them like i guess i guess that's good <laughs> but, yeah like i'm enjoying it a lot and i think caffeine and octane will be it's like uh it's like one of those big shows so it's more of like it's not the exotics one like every yeah. first sunday of the month yeah. we have caffeine and octane where People can bring any car, you know, it could be like a Toyota, it can be, it could be a Ferrari, it could be whatever you want to bring. Like, right. you don't bring old school cars too. And I think like last month, there was like 2,400 cars that showed up. Wow, that's like, awesome, dude. That's amazing. Like, Holy shit. We just take over a mall parking lot. See, the difference that Val has between him and the three of us is he doesn't have to deal with winter salt on roads. So or he family. can... Ugh. Oh yeah, or or family. Uh, so so he can he can he can build his car, but he can also drive his car every single day oh. without worrying about ru- winter ruining everything that I'm he's got to so, it. So jealous. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know, man. <sighs> Dude, I was I was talking. I, I actually uh, I'm in the process of purchasing a new Jeep. Uh, for my family, so I can take oh, my nice. and stuff. Yeah, I'll have I'll have pictures. It's coming. It's coming real close. I'll have pictures. Uh, spoiler alert: It's Rubicon and it's bright fucking orange. 
Uh, I like it, dude. I'm a I'm a big fan of like bright colors on cars, man. I was just talking about this with somebody else. Unique, unique colors, maybe. Yeah, like there's there's not enough cool colors out there for cars. Like every line will do one. They'll do their standard run of like black, silver, red, maybe red, and then like something else. And then they'll do like one cool color, and you never see it until the it's over, and then it shows up somewhere. You're like, that is a sweet color. What happened? They're like, oh yeah, they only made like twelve of them the one year. you know, you know what it is too. Is it's like people like my uh, my stepdad. He he's not a car enthusiast, but he goes through cars a lot. Like he buys yeah. a, he buys oh. like a used car and drives it for a while, and then like it has to get something else and like trades it in and loses his butt on it or whatever. But people like that go to the dealership and they buy what's on the dealership lot. Oh, the God. dealerships don't buy the cool colors or if they do they only buy one of them and, and yeah. they buy like stupid options and i'm like why they don't, don't if you're gonna do if you're gonna buy uh, something like that like why don't you build it or like you know do some unique but it's just the people don't care so that's why you don't see any of those unique colors because no one wants to take the time to like build one or wait for it dude, you know it's, it's or search what, for it i could fucking go for an entire like number of hours on this because this is exactly what I've been dealing with over the last X number of months. When I was looking at the specific <laughs> configurations and colors and the, the, what I was looking at, I'm like, <laughs> nobody has these. I have to go to like fucking Houston, Texas, which is, you know, across the country for me. And part of it is like, man, I don't want to put the effort into going there to get this thing and whatever. But the other part of me is like, if I go there, I'm not going to come back because I'm going to be like, <laughs> hey, man, it's fucking warm here and there's decent jobs. <laughs> I, I'm just going to like send like, you know, call my wife, be like, listen, I'm sending a moving truck and some people. They're going to take all of our stuff and put it in. Yeah, because you, you know, and I just moved, and I think yeah, we both we just, realized that you need to pay someone to do it. We're at the age where it's okay to pay someone <laughs> uh, to do all of our stuff now. I hate <laughs> It's it, well, I mean, in that case, it'd be because I'm not driving back to the Northeast. <laughs> I'm taking all of our stuff, and I hired movers for you, so you can't. You don't have to do it yourself with the child, you know. So I like it, but, but yeah, so man, it's, I was, it's funny. Funny you bring up the special color things because I I, I uh, fell into one of the special colors on a car I bought a while back. Ooh. I had a the, so the Mustangs are known for having that one off color. Like you have this color, it's for like five hundred cars, no one ever sees it, right? Yep, yep. So I I went and traded in an old hoopty for a new newer Mustang. It was supposed to be an '09 Mustang. Well, something happened and they couldn't give me that Mustang. So they're like, uh, we'll give you a brand new one. Just go pick one. Okay. Okay. Twist my arm. (laughs) (laughs) And so I walk out there and it's me and my wife and um, I'm looking around and we found this Mustang. Uh, And we swear to God, it was black, right? Looked just black. It it was a 2012 Mustang. And it it wasn't the GT. It was just regular. It was the V6, but it was a 300 horse V6 with a six speed manual in it. So we're like, okay. Manual being the keyword. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so we're like, all right, cool. We'll go ahead and take that. And so we get to doing the paperwork, and we notice it says lava red on the paint for the paint code. And we're like, no, that, our car is black. We're like, and a, even the uh, the um, salesman is like, yeah, it's black. <laughs> so we walk back out to the car, and it's getting you know dark by this time. And we were looking at the car. You had to look at it just right, and you could see this this red tint in this in it. It's oh, like, God. oh, that's that's one of the special colors. 
That's and fucking awesome. It was like if you get a chance, look it up on on Google. It, it's already there. Beautiful, beautiful red. <laughs> nice, uh, dude. And I loved the car, but then I had to go and T-bone someone in it, and so I don't have it anymore. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Um, Val, you you are actually doing um, uh, like a, a red now. Now the one that Burning Wing's talking about, it's more of like a a black maroon type of thing. But Val, you're doing like a red that has a black shadow to it, right? So with Autoflex, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's um. Think of it like, think of it like dip, but it has paint-like properties. So with like dip and wrap, you can't really like buff and wax and do the normal stuff. But with this, it's peelable. But it, after it hardens, it's got like that peelable. It's got the paint-like properties. So you can buff and wax and stuff. Nice. But the beauty of this is like, since it's like paint, you can kind of make your own color. And so what this guy did, and I linked it in the Discord, but this guy mixed two colors, which is like a bright red and he's got like it's basically like a four-part mix so you need like 100 grams of it but like 75 is this carbon red which is like this nice deep red but then he's got like a betty black which is like almost like think of like a satin black color mixed into Mm. it so it makes it it brings that like already dark red color even darker that's gonna be cool Mm -hmm. so i'm getting that done and i have a bunch of carbon fiber pieces so like the contrast between them because i wanted a red car initially but like I don't need the cops looking at me more than they do already because I'm notorious for speeding. <laughs> so, like, oh man, there like, might you that might have been mentioned on an episode or two of ours uh, in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'm getting a dash cam, so like all my shenanigans and like people running from the cops will be documented for research purposes. <laughs> for science. <laughs> for science. But yeah, that color I think is going to look really good against the black color and of the that's carbon cool. fiber and everything. So that's what I'm going for. I, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I was just going to say I wanted to turn heads, but I didn't want to turn the wrong heads. If that makes You're sense. Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't want to draw too much attention. I think uh, I think the two colors. If I if I paint my car, uh, which I would like to do, or maybe do auto flex. Um, there was um, at Cars and Coffee. Uh, I've always been a fan of like orange with a gold fleck to it. And there was a McLaren with orange with a gold flake, you know? So, like, you look at it, it looks like orange. But when the sun hits it, it has, like, a little bit of, like, a gold highlight to it. Um, And I've always been a fan of, like, that on cars. Uh, Or else, oddly enough, like a purple. Like a purple, blue, purple. Yeah, dude. Dude, there's a fucking plum crazy Hellcat. (laughs) (laughs) In my, like... I'm I'm going to uh, the grocery store just up, just down the road because we just moved recently. Fluffy and I moved at like the same time, um, <laughs> like within the same months or whatever. So like I moved to to new a new place like 30 miles north to be closer to work, and it's like a nicer area than where I was living before. So like you know you see your Audis, your BMWs, you see you know the 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 everyday sort of Mercedes kind of cars. You know like not the performance vehicles, just the ones that people get that like want to have a nice car. You know you got your your trucks and everything else, and then you got a couple Jeeps like mine and whatever. So like not there's some head turners, but not too many. So I'm like I roll into the grocery store parking lot one day, and there's this purple Challenge. I'm like, ah, oh, it's fucking sweet, right? So as he's leaving. I like. I was like, yeah, that. I was, I was like, that's a red car. That's an awesome color. He's like, thanks, man. So as I'm, I'm leaving. I'm like, off his rear passenger quarter panel. He's in the left lane. I'm in the right. And I'm just, you know, kind of cruising along, going home. 
I see him like, wait a minute, there's no SRT emblem on that. And I like speed up a little bit and the fucking Hellcat badge is on the front of the panel. I'm like, that's the best Hellcat I think I've ever seen. Cause it's purple, which is like the heritage color. It's the fucking Hellcat. And um it's just like so like seventies drag racing car brought to the modern age. Like, that's so good. I love it. That's cool, man. I um I know that I know we were talking events uh, real quick before we get off the subject. Um, I actually I I think my story is more of like a, I thought it would be awesome, but it didn't actually end up being awesome because <laughs> you have those at car events too. And uh, I first started really getting getting into modifying cars when I bought my Subaru, and I was uh, I was like, yeah, dude. Um, there's a professional rally up in Minis- in northern Minnesota. Like, I'm gonna go work it because like all these people in the club were like gonna go work corners and work the rally. And I'm like, hell yeah, man! Like, go hang out in the woods. Like, be on the rally course. This is gonna be great. Well, I found out about it late, and a couple of my buddies that I would have wanted to go with me, they just they had plans, right? Like, we just, we only had a week or two to plan it, and it was already too late. So I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'll go by myself. Like, why not? Go have a good time. Um, I get up there, and they give me my corner, and I, I have to go sit out in the woods. And normally with rallies, like, you get a corner to work, and then halfway through the race they move you to another corner so they don't have to have as many workers right uh well it just happened that my corner was used twice um for two different stages so i had to just (laughs) stay there in one spot all day long and so they drag me out to the middle of the woods right like middle of the fucking nowhere and i get put with these two people and it was a couple and they were they were nice, but they were kind of like they just wanted to do their own own thing. So it ended up just being me like in the woods with this couple <laughs> that didn't really want to socialize with me all fucking day long. And it, it like it was cool to see the rally cars go by, but there was probably only like four or five professionals. So it was like Travis Pastrana and Dave Mira uh, and a couple other people. And you'd see them fly by, but they were going so fucking fast that it was literally like five seconds and then they were gone. And then and then a couple more would go by. And then you have like all your shitty cars like that are really good rally drivers, but they're just average dudes like us. So they don't have like millions of dollars to put into their cars. And it just ended up being like it ended up being like really, really cool rally experience for maybe a total of 20 minutes. And I was out there for like 11 hours. (laughs) So so, uh, you know, sometimes uh, car events aren't what you expect them to be. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I did. okay. so I want to do a couple questions with you guys, too, uh, while we're on the car subject. I originally was going to say, what is your favorite? But I'm going to say, let's let's pretend we're building a garage here, whether it be a Forza garage or, or a garage of personal uh, tastes. And mm. uh, we'll go through a couple cars here. Forza so. garage, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's say... Um, Let's say we're going to talk our favorite pre-80s car, right? So this can be American Muscle, this can be Asian, this can be European. Uh, If you could buy, like, let's say funds are not an issue. Uh, Obviously, you know, maybe leave out, like, the million-dollar cars that no one's ever really going to be able to touch, like your Bugattis and all that 
you know, whatever they are. Uh, what would you What would you go for, um, Scott? What would be your your pre eighties car of choice? Dude, I gotta go with. I gotta go with uh, my childhood. Like the whole reason that I'm into bright colors and Mopar is I grew up watching the Dukes of Hazard with like my <laughs> cousin. So I'd go with like a '69 Charger, um, <clears throat> manual transmission. Uh, either go with the 440, or I think the Hemi was the 427 at that point. I love that fucking car. I love the the Mopars from the 70s in that era because they were all like stupid, crazy colors. They all had giant fucking engines, <laughs> and they all had like the black stripe on it, which I became mm-hmm. a huge fan of the bright color with the satin black stripe because I think it's just so iconic American muscle. Um, and just seeing like that, the giant, like I worked at a drag strip for a few summers and, um, like standing at the burnout pit, watching some of those fucking cars just do their thing and then watching them like leave the line. You can tell a perfectly engineered suspension because the car doesn't do anything, but just go forward and go forward fast. (laughs) (laughs) Like I love the American muscle, especially the Mopars, man. It has to be a 69 charger. I like it, dude. I like it. Um, Burning Wing, you're also one of our resident old car guys. Uh, are you going for the 60s or are you, you dive in a uh, different we're, direction with your pre-80s We're diving car? deeper. We're diving deeper. Okay. I'm going to go okay. with a, the 59 Chevy El Camino. It's the first year for the El Caminos. Okay. Um, it, it's it's like an Impala, but you know you take off the, everything from the back doors and put a bit on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the... the um, if you ever if you ever get a chance, you look them up. They are uh, just a they're just so damn sexy looking. Like there's no other <laughs> way for it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, they have curves in all the right places, you know, whatnot. <clears throat> and yeah, it's also yeah, uh, also one of my favorite engines of all time is in it. It's it's the three forty eight big block. You'll be thinking, oh, three forty eight. That's not a big block. No, no, three forty eight <laughs> big block is what the became the 409 so what they did was they took it boarded out and made it into a 409 but if you look at the engine the way you tell it's a 348 is the uh head gasket or the, not the head gasket but the uh valve covers and the exhaust manifold make an m shape over hmm. the uh the car uh yeah make an m shape over the block nice and so you're looking at it and you get this m shape you get these sexy lines on it like it's just a badass looking car Sitting still, going fast, whatever. Nice, nice. I li- yeah, I the like El those... Camino is definitely, uh, definitely iconic car for sure. I like those early El Caminos too. The ones that look like the Chevelles and the Impalas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the, they're the best, man. They look so good. They are. Oh man, my my buddy's got a '71 Chevelle El Camino. Ooh. I hate him so much for it. I hate him so much for it. <laughs> um, so Val, be newer to the car scene. Is there a pre-80s car that you uh, that you like? You know, it's funny because he mentioned the Chevy Chevelle. And, like, you know, while you guys are talking, thankfully I went last. I had the opportunity to Google. Thank God for Google. So <laughs> <laughs> looking through some pictures here, I think I would have gone with the 1970 Chevy Chevelle SS. Because, I mean, like, looking at the SS, so yeah, looking at the SS for today's age, just, like, looking at looking at this one it just looks so mean and like the lines on it are really really nice and it's got it's just got that authentic muscle look whereas like today it's just more looks like a family car this one just 
if I saw this on the road today, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to move over for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you deserve that space. <laughs> nice, man. Um, I'm torn, boys. Uh, I think either one of my cars would be a track car, like a go around, uh, uh, like a, you know, your, your actual like race car tracks with corners and stuff like that. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, so I'd either lean Chevy. Um, I have always been a fan of the Stingrays and, uh, this car that I'm thinking of was actually, they, they did a, a mimic of it, a carbon copy of it for Fast and the Furious 8. It was the red Stingray. Um, that's based on a real red Stingray race car. And this guy set it up for, you know, it has fender flares and the big wing and all that, but it's actually functional. Uh, he set it up to race um, autocross with, and he was like a national champion. Like, just he would show up and just dominate all the cars, the current cars on the scene. It's just a really sweet looking car, um, good lines and everything. Uh, if I wasn't going to do that, um, the Datsuns, um, the. Not necessarily the hatchback ones, but the boxier sedan ones. Um, there was a oh, brown one. Yeah. yeah, there was a when we used to race at Brainerd International Raceway in uh, northern Minnesota. It's a it's a bigger track and it's a higher speed track. You know, you're you're definitely hitting corners like mm-hmm. above 110 miles an hour, and uh, it's a lot faster than some of the more technical ones that are down in the city. And there was a brown Datsun that was set up to race and. You know, he had it. He had nice, nice uh, fender flares on it. It was low to the ground, had a nice lip on it, uh, had, you know, an oil, oil cooler sticking out in front of his uh, radiator. Um, and it just looked like a badass car and sounded like a badass car. Um, I think either of those in a race version, uh, I'd be OK owning in my garage for sure. So there was a uh, I watched a show on, on YouTube called Fastest Car. It's a okay. lot of uh, a lot of drag racing stuff, and they it's like uh, is that the show where they have like three sleepers and yeah. one yep, exotic that's, basically yeah. yeah sleepers versus exotics more or less. Um, and it was actually they show like the process of the sleeper builds and some of the stuff. So it was, it's a cool show, and uh, surprisingly, the people who made it to the finals were all like actual drivers and like gearheads. It wasn't some you know douchebag who was like. Oh, I just bought this car off of Craigslist and I'm going to drive so fast, you know, um, <laughs> the, the one dude who won, it was like, he's a car photographer. He shoots yeah. you know, exotics and stuff. And I was like, man, this guy's an asshole. And then after hearing him like talk and stuff, I'm like, no, actually he's, he knows his shit. He's, he's pretty cool. So he like earned my respect, but, um, there was a really nice Datsun. I think it was, uh, one of the boxier, it was this beautiful red color and it was a ex drag racer who like ex pro drag racer who had it and um he was racing a mazda of the similar year like the boxy ones that had an electric engine in it and the guy with the electric car uh it was ridiculously fast but he could not keep it under control and he like ended up freaking wrecking this this beautiful red uh datsun oh dude that's awesome it might have been a mazda actually but i mean it was a beautiful like restored uh like square body i i want to say it was a datsun yeah and the dude was like pissed because he just finished restoring it he was gonna race it it was like a 
you know, it was it was a beautiful car, and the the, the other dude smashed into it. I'm just like, oh god. Yeah, I know, man. That's unfortunately there's other other idiots that drive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so pre-80s wrapped up, moving on to the 80s. Uh, Burning Wing, why don't you go first? What is your 80s car of choice that's going to accompany the, this car in the, the garage? The, the, the quintessential 80s car has got to be the uh, early 80s Firebird, the Night Rider okay. car. <laughs> the Night Rider car, huh? Yeah. yeah. Who, who didn't want Kit? You tell me you ever watched Night Rider, say so you didn't want that car. I, I definitely don't want that steering wheel. <laughs> Some concessions have to be made for looks, okay? But I'm okay that's... with the rest of the car. Black is always a good color. I like it, dude. I like it. Yeah, you, you know what Henry Ford said? It can come in any color you want, as long as it's black. Sure. Is that did that one come with the IROC Z logo on the side? Was that, that the same? That was the Camaro. Or... That that was Camaro, but it was okay. similar. very similar. Similar, okay. Yeah. Um, nice, dude. Good pick. Uh, Val, what about you, man? What uh, what is your '80s car? I think I would go if no funds were the limit. If we didn't have any restrictions, probably the Ferrari yeah. 228 GTO 28. Because okay. I just think that one looks really nice, and it's yeah, a really powerful machine. But if oh you know, yes, I like that is a that is a sharp '80s Ferrari for sure, man. That has really good lines. It does, and like it almost looks modern, right? Like if you brought it to a car show, like it would blend in just fine. Like it won't stick out. Yeah, yeah. But, I think if you had good wheels and a good ride height on it, like that's a beautiful car. But if funds were restricted, I'd probably go with the Corvette C4 because yeah. that one. I mean, I feel like the Corvettes Ooh. are pretty nice because they hold their lines throughout the the decades. Basically, like they kind of kept true to what they started out with, and it it's kind of astonishing to see how how nice it was back then. You know, like because you yeah. you would think like as it gets modernized, like the lines get sleeker, the angles get sharper, but even for like a 1980s car like that the c4 was really well done and plus yep. it's got like the pop-up lights like who doesn't like the pop-up lights i, I you know <laughs> oh, as a miata owner you know yes. i love the, the pop-up headlights yeah corvette uh, front engine and pop-up lights that's what that's what it needs to keep <laughs> uh i am a fan of mid-engine i'll stay out of the fight though uh <laughs> scott what about you man what's what's gonna accompany your oh, car man. in your garage um we're known on our particular show for breaking rules of questions and things. Uh, okay, okay. I've opened so, this. So originally when I thought 80s, I said, man, Lamborghini Countach, hands down. But um, not that, that, and that's a wonderful car. If it was specifically a car, that's what I would do. But um, I would, I'm going to go with something different. I'm going to go with a full-size uh one of the full-size Cherokees, so pre-1983 Jeep Cherokee, V8 manual transmission. Here's the reason why. You don't see vehicles like that nowadays anymore. You don't, you, you don't see vehicles like that at all uh, and haven't in a very long time. With Would you get the wood paneling? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> that is fantastic. You need the wood paneling. <laughs> it's um, got to be a woody. Come on now. It, it, gives, you the, it gives you more off-road points, dude. Um but yeah, I would do that, and um, you know, because those those trucks specifically were tanks. They came okay. with these super stout uh, Dana forty four axles. People would take the wrecked ones all the time, pull them out of them, throw them under their fucking CJ. Um, 
they came with the V8 option and both automatic and manual transmissions in those options were, were pretty good. The transfer case was, was I think, uh, I think they actually might have used the Dana 300 from the CJ line. So it was a pretty stout transfer case. Um, one of the things I loved about them is it had that drop-down tailgate with the roll-up window in the back. So you could roll down all your windows and then roll down the rear window and have nice airflow through. Uh, it's just like a great off-road rig for like camping and family stuff. I mean, I guess you could say it's where kind of where the modern four-door Wrangler sort of got its bloodlines from um, the mixing of like the universal Jeep with the open top and that one. But yeah, that's because I've... I like it though. Because now you have, you have a, a car that can go and do anything along with your muscle car. I, yeah. I like this choice. It can tow the muscle car too. Yeah, see, there you go, man. There you go. <laughs> tow rig, baby. Let's go. Um, I think I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go straight basic bitch on this one, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the BMW E30 M3. Ooh, uh, that's which was too. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's not the not the E36 that came in the 90s that's fetching uh, you know like ten times its worth when it was brand new, uh, but the E30s man they were they were a boxy car they had a fun little wing on the back, uh, they had a really good front end really good lines, um, I think it's some of the best boxy BMW design that they did. Um, it'd be a fun little fun little race car to have for sure. I don't think. Uh, Again, I don't think that car stock is necessarily the way to go. I love this. Uh, this I, is great. <laughs> There's one I, of the, I mar- think, the Martini Racing paint job I'm looking at now. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I think with proper proper modification, suspension, maybe a little touch to the engine, uh, some nice wheels, it'd be it'd be a great machine. Um, all right, so uh, moving into the the nineties, uh, we're getting a little bit more into. Uh, Japan dominating the uh, the sports car arena. Uh, some American um, cars are, are are getting a little bit better. Um, Scott, what do you got for the nineties? Man, the uh, this, this is tough. I thought about this for a little while, and um, like the Camaros and the Mustangs from that era were both pretty nice. Um, you know, traditionalists will nitpick them for whatever but i mean for what they were they were pretty good um i'm actually gonna go with and i mean you can't the supra can't go without being mentioned that thing was a fucking monster i didn't even think about the supra until you said it those things are also fetching stupid money yeah yeah, yeah, and and talk about like a timeless body shape and just oh that's that's a beautiful car it is man It, it is um you know, so I, I I had a lot to consider, but what I settled on was like my fourteen year old like race car fantasy is the original uh ninety I think it was ninety six Dodge Viper. Uh oh nice. The blue with the white stripes, the GTS coupe. The GTS oh yeah. man. If you if you want to get real sassy and spicy, you go with the uh the Hennessy Viper, which had like five hundred horsepower and a giant <laughs> fucking thing. So it's basically a fucking race car. But yeah. Yeah. That's that's my pick for my favorite like nineties car in the garage. That thing was fucking sweet. And it was one of the first cars where I looked and I'm like, 
this thing can kind of throw down with like some of the the high end like European cars. Oh, if, if, if you can up, handle that like, car. So here's the thing: you have to, if you're a good driver and you can handle that car, it will dominate. It is a beast. Um, it's like turned to up to eleven, and there's no uh, there's no like safety. safety. There's yeah, no there's safety no net. safety net. That's <laughs> I love it. So, it's just it's, it's loud and dangerous and powerful and just fucking crazy. Like I love it. Yeah, I, I I dig that, man. I dig that. If you believe the story about the Viper and how you know it's like like we were saying, it's the badass no safety net car, right? Mm-hmm. The reason it got canceled uh, back in 2012. Yeah. was because they started mandating it had to have traction control, had to have anti-stability stuff, all that. <laughs> and Dodge was like, you know what? Fuck it, we're done. We ain't doing it. They're like, this, yeah. you're, you're trying to kill our car. You're, you know, That's we're out. Awesome. It's not what it's made for. Right. Yeah. It was never what it was. And so they actually so, held their ground and said, all right, we're done. So what uh, What are you throwing in your garage then, Mr. Burning Wing? So I, I feel like I'm going to get a little bit of ridicule for this one. Because it's not American made, but I gotta go with a Jaguar XKR. Oh, interesting. It's gotta be the R. Like, there's an XK8, which is the basic bitch one. I don't want that one. I want the XKR because it came with the supercharged motor and some different uh, uh, cosmetics on it. And it was, it, that was really like, like, I, I like I it. That's. I, I love Corvettes with all, all my heart. I do. But that was the first car that really got me to be like, oh, damn. That's a sharp That's... one, man. I'm looking nice. at a red and black one right now with oh. yellow calipers on Google Images. And it's got like the fucking racing wing. Dude, that's a sleek car. That, that car is. Yeah. And it, it was it wasn't, you know, crazy fast. Like it was decently fast. I think it had a, a 4.4 liter Ford motor in it at the time. Making okay. about 300 horsepower. But just the way it looked, you had some wide tires on that thing. It was real stance nice and everything. Oh, it was just amazing. I like it. I like it, dude. Uh, Val, so, what's ringing in your 90s uh, spot? As Scott mentioned, the Supra was one of my contenders. Oh, yeah. between the Supra mm-hmm. and the Skyline GTR. Oh, uh, God. I think I would have to go the Skyline GTR just because yep. even though it's, you know, almost 2020, <clears throat> people still want that car and they're still sure, driving I want that. that car. Just I, make I've sure been, you do. <laughs> I've been telling my wife uh, for about seven years, as soon as R32s started coming over to the United States because their 25-year ban is up, because yeah. if people don't know this, this car was Japan only or yep. Japan and like uh, some of the South Pacific, but we didn't get it in the United States. And uh, the 25-year ban is coming up. Um, so, well, let's see. They started in 99, so uh, we still got a few years to go. But um, You can still yeah, get the R32s, though. I've seen some, some of those. Yeah, yeah, you see those. Those are, those are out now. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So R34. But the, no, no, I was saying, like, yeah, the R34 is what I want. But, like, the R32 to even the 33 were still solid cars and, like, yep. you know, manual. Just make I, sure you're you're not going to to bring this into the U.S. You're going to buy a kit car, right? 
you're not going to import it. You're going to buy a kid car <laughs> with, with the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I've heard stories about like customs fucking seizing these things from and all the horrible yeah. things that happen after that we're not going to speak about because it makes people cry. Um, you can, yeah, you can technically bring them in. So here's the thing. You can legally bring them into the United States now, but they have to be a track-only car. They're not legal for road use, so you can't license and title them, but you could trailer them to a track legally and race them on a track, as long as they don't go on any public roads. Um, that's the loophole with them. See, I but then hear... people, people, people think that they can still put them on the road after that, and that's when they go to the crusher. Oh, that would just hurt my soul to see one of those just being crushed. Oh. Hey, don't read the Jalopnik article about that. I, I'm a diehard fucking Jeep guy, and they were talking about those and like a bunch of Land Rover Defender series that got imported and like Land Rover series trucks that got imported. Um, legally, mind you, under this, and then they talked about the crusher, and I definitely shed a few tears. I'm like, holy shit, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> you go through all the paperwork and bullshit, and then DHS shows up at your door, and they're like, hey, we're taking your car. We're also going to crush it. Have a nice day. <laughs> so, I, uh, Val took my car, and uh, <laughs> I think I think I have Gran Turismo to thank for this, dude. I played a lot of Gran Turismo. I played a lot of GT2. And, uh, and the Skyline has always been my car, man. That's that's the closest I've ever been to driving it. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because the heritage of the Skyline, the R32, was actually the car that broke the scene. Like, Nissan showed up with the R32, which is the one that you can legally get now. And they won every race they went to. Every single year they went to a race or every race they attended, the GTR won. And it stomped the competition. And, uh, and people look at the GTR series and the R34 is the one that stands out. And I, I think that's because it just looks, I mean, it's Godzilla, man. It just, it has like yeah, the man. perfect <laughs> square body, you know, it's just, uh, it's beautiful. Ooh. It's definitely something that I want, uh, I want in my garage in real life, uh, at some point. So that's a sharp uh, car, man. Yeah. R34 is in blue too the yeah. r34 oh, in blue. oh god yes i'm looking at one that's got a real nice uh stance and like the tire and wheel like the way it's set up in this and it's in motion so i mean i'm looking at this going this is definitely like just looking at this vehicle moving down the road it looks like a fucking absolute uh road course car that's just gonna murder everything <laughs> yeah and there's yeah. so many I mean, mods for it too that's the thing like you can there's just no like sky. There's like the sky's the limit for it. Basically, you can do whatever you want and just put out so much power. Yeah, yeah. Similar to the Supra, you can uh, you can abuse those engines and have, you know, except you have all-wheel drive. and they're twin turbo. You yeah. know, that's the best part. You know, there's a big engine twin turbo from the factory. Uh, definitely, definitely Godzilla out there for sure in the '90s. Um, okay, so I guess uh, to wrap up the last part of our garage, let's just go from 2000 forward. Uh, it's a big, big open spectrum that we're talking about, but I'm sure that there's a modern car that we all like. Um, Val, I don't think that you've gone first yet. So <laughs> so you, today you're going shopping. What are you buying? So I would still get the GTR here. Like I think 
I have three cars on my dream list. One was the S5, the GTR, and then the R8. But, I think but you're talking the R35 now, right? The, the R35, yeah. The okay. R36 is slated to come out, I think, 2020. But, you know, we never want to buy those things right off the bat. Right. You want the second yeah. gen, at least. Right. Once everyone figures out all the issues and they fix them. Yep. But for mm-hmm. today, I think I'd go with the Nismo GTR, or the R35. Oh, just Jesus. because... I oh, love man. that red line, man. Like, and that was like the inspiration for my car is pinstripe, and but the GTR, it, like, it's not a driver's car because you know it's got so much tech in there. But no, man, it is. It is. I mean, it, it is a driver's yeah. car. Yeah, <laughs> if you compare, it, if you compare it to yeah. like a BMW or something, that you know, that's like you know, it has like no, like it doesn't help you that it doesn't have that many driver aids, right? But like the GTR has so much power and so much. It's just such a fun car to drive. Like it pushes you back. It gives you that all-wheel drive. So like you have all the control. You're just so yeah. confident through turns, and like you can speed up. You can smoke pretty much anybody. And yep. it's just for the price point, that car is just so. You get the most bang for your buck. Like you can race like exotic cars and like be. Maybe you won't win every single battle, but you're so close that it doesn't even matter at that point. Yeah. Like you're like I spent maybe two hundred thousand dollars tops and you spent like six hundred grand on your car and like i could still spend like a hundred grand up you i can go up to four thousand horsepower right like it's just ridiculous the numbers that you can put out with this car yeah no it is it is uh one of the few cars out there that was designed in a wind tunnel it's uh it is a technical marvel for sure um scott what are you doing Man, it's tough. There's a ton of cars on the market, and I just want to like put it out there and say, no, we live in a fucking fantastic era to be a gearhead enthusiast, <laughs> right? Like fucking yeah. sure. You know, 20 years ago, it you couldn't even fathom getting some of the shit that we have on the road now. Like just looking at it from off-road perspective and stuff like that, they weren't making vehicles like this. You had to modify everything yourself. Looking at it from like you know drag strip and stuff like that, you had to modify it yourself. You can walk into a fucking Mopar dealership and get uh, a thousand horsepower Dodge Demon <laughs> with a toolbox and a matching shirt for some ungodly <laughs> amount, right? But you can still buy it, and it's all covered under warranty, which is the amazing part. So I mean, you know, that's definitely. I, I think that would probably be mine, just because I love the Challengers. I love that that Mopar it's like my my you know has roots my heritage of like loving again the bright orange Mopar car is going doing stupid things since I was a kid you know like watching him like yeah we're gonna do fucking burnouts and go a million miles an hour <laughs> you know so I think it would probably be a Dodge Demon um I mean if if it's one car if it's multiple cars I'm gonna go into a dealership and be like I'll take a power wagon and a new room <laughs> just load them on the truck let's go that's um, awesome. But yeah, dude, Dodge Demon is fucking, it's a cool car. And a lot of mm-hmm. the cool stuff about like a lot of that, like um, that's what actually watching the one show um, I was talking about earlier, fastest car, some of the tech in those cars, uh, yeah. in all cars now, like even the, 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 you know, enthusiast cars, some of the tech in there, it's pretty, it's not like, you know, people talk about babysitters and nannies and stuff like that in the car all the time. It's like some of this tech is going to actively make you faster which or or like you know turn better or something like that it's just like thinking about that from like growing up in the 70s and the 80s when everybody was like driving around these like you know hoopties and shit and people are just like yeah they're not you know 
like I got a tape deck. That's pretty cool, right? <laughs> you know, now it's like holy shit, like all the like racing models of these cars like have a launch mode built into it. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Uh Burning Wing, how about you, man? So I I probably could have gotten through with each uh, category here and picked a uh, favorite year for Corvette just because I love that car <laughs> so much. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with a uh, 2013 uh, Corvette Z06. Is and that the reason before the C7 is that a uh, Z- yeah Z06. Uh, so it's a C6. C6 by, yeah, Z06. It's, it's, okay. it's the first year they they took away the pop-up headlights. Nah, okay, yep. They kind of had that Ferrari bubble. Had my right. buddy had one of those. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, and that, that car is. Cars. It's an amazing car just to begin with. Well, so what GM did was they went and made a seven liter LS motor and put it in this thing. Made five hundred five horsepowers. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I just was trying to remember. I was trying to look it up. I, I think that year is the only year that has the seven liter Corvette motor. The seven liter motor god and it just dude so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, oh i'm sorry go ahead oh so 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 basically what what they did was they took their they had a, a program with the c uh c6r uh, le mans cars yep oh and yes so, so what they did was they basically took that car and said oh hey let's make it street legal for once and put yeah. <laughs> in this thing and that car was a beast. You know, you talk about everything not having, you know, electronic stability and all that. This was before it had the paddle shifters. You know, you still had the crappy ass traction control system on them they had, <laughs> and oh all that. God. Like you put this thing in and you, t- you turn the traction control off. You put this thing in first gear, you rump the gas and you're not going to see your tires again until you're fucking blowing them. <laughs> so it's funny because uh that car my buddy had one of those cars and uh you know scott's talking about the technology in them and and all that stuff that interior when i first got in that car i was like i feel like i'm in a chevy pickup truck yep like it's <laughs> yeah. plasticky yeah. and like the dash was like super basic and it's funny because like Chevy had not gotten to the point yet, I think, where they were doing their really nice, fancy interiors like you see now. I think you can say that about a lot of a lot of automakers back at that point, because up yeah. until recently, like a lot of the interior, like, ooh, that car is sweet looking on the outside, but that is god awful on the inside. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's so funny because you have this like $80,000 plus, uh, you know, huge engine rear wheel drive american icon of a car and it's absolutely beautiful the on the outside like i love sitting in that car too because you can see the wheel the hump from the wheel arches Uh like when you're sitting in it and you're sitting so low it's just it's such a cool car inside and out and then you look at the dash and you're like am i in a pickup truck because i feel like i'm in a a race car pickup truck (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, so I, I heard one time that so the difference between a Corvette interior back back when they were doing this the difference between a Corvette interior and a Porsche interior was like ten dollars uh, per car. Oh wow, huh. that's insane! Really? Right? That's I, I remember hearing that it was something like ridiculous. Like all they had to do was just you know oh, we're gonna put a little more in here, we're gonna get it up to Porsche quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've uh, when I was. 
So I, I'll go. I'll go to my car. That kind of ties into my car. I think I would. I think I would do a Cayman. Um, and and look, I've been looking at used Caymans for quite some time now. I think it's something that's maybe realistic like in my future. The SUV? No, no, no. 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 Cayman is the mid-engine hardtop uh, yeah, boxer, basically. Yeah. So it's you're like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I got so you. the earlier models were just like Burning Wing said. Where I saw some of like the center consoles and stuff like that, and I'm like, ooh, oh, that's bad. <laughs> and it, like, it's funny because like, if I were to get into like an '80s version, like an '80s 911 or a '70s even, yeah. you know, you see that old interior, but it ages well. Yeah. But this was like that shitty part in the '90s where like things just didn't <laughs> age well. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I'd get one of those. I think I would get. Uh, I, there's a cut. There's there's a couple like. Uh, ups and downs you know do you do the the more like natural before they had electronic steering and all that stuff um but i think i would lean more towards like the 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 like type r that they had or maybe the gts and one of the not not the new ones that have the turbos but maybe right before that um it's a two-seater but the thing that i like about that car is it's a car that i could I could take around some fast corners, but it's also a car that I could drive to the East Coast or the West Coast if I wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. It is only a two-seater. That's a, that's that's a plus for me and a drawback. Having a two-seater <laughs> now, I don't get to drive it as much because of kids. But at the same time, like when I do get to take it out, it's just you know it's a little bit more peaceful on the road. Um, it's not the most powerful car, you know. It's not like like a Hellcat or a, a Demon or a a GTR, but um, you know, it's got mid engine. It's still fast, but it you can whip it around corners. You know, you could drive a canyon or a mountain road and have a big ass smile on your face when you got down to the bottom, even if you were relatively close to the speed limit while you're whipping around. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> we always follow speed limits, right? <laughs> yeah, especially Val. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you just gotta add like thirty to the sign, right? That's the minimum yeah, speed yeah. limit, right? That's not that yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, <laughs> I recently had I recently had to replace my tires, and I went down in rim size, um, and I got the rolling diameter of the tire close to my old ones, but my speedometer is like a little bit off depending on how fast I'm going. So when I'm closer to like 30 miles an hour, I'm like one mile an hour slow. When I'm closer to like 60, 70 miles an hour, it's two to three miles an hour slow on the on the speedometer. Oh, that's funny. So it's yeah, so it's funny because I'll be like I'll be like going like you know five over, and I'm like oh shit, I'm going I'm going five over in a in an area where there's lots of cops, and then yep. I'm like oh wait, no, I'm actually only going two over or three over. <laughs> like, <laughs> <even enough. laughs> I actually have the opposite problem with, uh, or I've had the opposite problem with my Wranglers. Yeah, you go, you go like uh, from a thirty or thirty-one inch factory tire to a thirty-three, which isn't even too much of a crazy increase in the world. Oh, that's a big increase. Offer speedometers and the speedometers (laughs) like five five percent under. So you're rolling at. I'm like, why is everything shaking? And then I looked down at my speedometer. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to pass this guy at seventy-five. That's not too bad. <laughs> and then I realized I'm doing 80 in a fucking lunchbox with big tires and like, oh, on the steering. like yeah, that's a bad thing. I'm going to slow down now. Uh, that's funny. 
Uh, well, guys, I uh, I think we built some kick-ass garages. Uh, I had fun talking about cars. This is a little bit different. I uh, hopefully our listeners appreciate a little spice to the to the average uh, average show. But uh, I think I think it was fun because we all have like such different things that we like, but we all just like cars in general. It's cool how how cars as a hobby kind of works like that. Like even if it's not what you're into, you can still appreciate. Uh, you can appreciate that style for what it is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it and, and it's much like the gaming community too, where I think people are cool and you form your little communities and go to your shows and yeah, it's a good time. So that's the thing I really like about cars too, is like since I am newer to the scene, there are so many yeah. car meets and like people that especially on the forums, like people that have been there for like, you know, five, six years, like they know everything about cars. Like, usually, like, I was so intimidated to, like, ask someone a question. So I was like, man, this guy's, like, talking about all these mods. And, like, I don't even know what a sway bar is. Like, I'm just in there, like, <laughs> like, can I even talk to you? Because, like, you're, you have, like, 3,000 posts. And I'm, like, sitting there with, like, one post. Like, will you even respond to me kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. But, like, the th- crazy thing is that no matter, like, how like how of a professional, like, they are in the scene or, like, how rep- their reputation is, like, even if you're new, they're so willing to help you out. Like, this guy went out of his way to, like, list out all his favorite mods and, like, why That's he does awesome. what he does. And, like, like even if, like, one of them is, like, one of the dealers and, like, you know, like, I asked him to order an invoice. But, like, now I have this, like, 84 chain email going back and forth with him just because we're talking. It's not even, like, you know, I ordered it and it's just, like, all right, <laughs> peace out. Like, I got your money. Like, thanks. I'll see you yeah. next time. It's, like, we're still having a conversation. And I think that's so hard to find in, like, other things. Is like yes. that sense of belonging that these guys provide to you. It's not just like a transaction that's over. It's more yeah. of like, hey, like I helped you out, you helped me out. Let's let's work together and collaborate on something else. Yeah. That's what I think yeah, I really enjoy sure. about the car scene that I'm learning to yeah. appreciate more and more now that I'm getting into it. And 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 you do have your um you know, for for lack of a better term, uh, squeakers. You know, you, not sure. necessarily by age, but just by annoying level. Uh, <laughs> doing gaming, so, oh God, so yeah. Forums, forums are always hit or miss, but uh, Google is your friend, and you can kind of get a feel for who's cool and knowledgeable, and and who isn't. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a mm-hmm. good time. So, uh, thanks to uh, Burning Wing in the DeathRx Discord, we now have a car channel. So uh, if you did enjoy this episode, you do enjoy talking, talking a little shop, uh, jump in Discord, man. Uh, we we are talking about cars. Uh, randomly, Nips will jump in and talk about something totally else because uh, he's really good about <laughs> about using our rooms for what they're not intended for. It's hilarious. Uh, Although he did post yeah. a Tesla video in our leak chat, so that oh, was pretty yes. impressive. Yeah, yeah, he did post a car video. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a good time, man. So, um, awesome guys. Well, I really appreciate it. Um, Scott, we'll start with you, man. Uh, you do a show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, your show, where we can find you, and uh, yeah, who are you? <laughs> All right. So, for those of you who don't know me already, my name is Slapshot Scott, aka Scott, uh, and I am one of the the three co-hosts of a show called barely a destiny show where we barely talk about destiny. Um, <laughs> now if you want a breakdown of how that is, um, what, how we, we've been described as the, uh, the punk house of destiny, <laughs> destiny podcast. Sorry. And, um, 
one of my co-hosts, Ben, actually drew the diagram of what our podcast would look like if it was a punk house. And it was great. There was a vert ramp. There was a guy outside smoking <laughs> bread. There was a stereo blasting rancid at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And there was some normies walking by saying, turn it down. But anyways, um, yeah, so it's, that's, that's kind of us. Um, we do some – we talk about Destiny and other games and you know, some fun stuff, movies. And I think uh, – it's been a while, but I think Steve – uh, we'll usually go on a tangent about anime or comics. I don't really know too much about that, um, <laughs> but I'm always willing to learn. I always like hearing it. So it's, it's a good time. Um, there's plenty of laughs to be had. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at barely ADS. Um, we are on Twitch, usually on Steve's channel. Uh, f- it's been Friday nights around, I think, 9 or 10 o'clock, but that changes based on schedules and guest schedules. Um, we just had uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Log Power Slave from DDU. We had uh, Gabble Ratch from Destiny Ghost Stories. Uh, we have like lots of people that come by fluffy it's been a while since you've been on i know i know, I know. <laughs> zan asked me to come on actually tomorrow and i was like i want to dude but i'm driving <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, you know it, it's a good time uh so you can find us on barely or at barely ads on twitter uh barely ads.com is our website with all the links to join our discord you can read bios about us and stuff you can find me personally on twitter uh twitch and youtube at slapshot scott the o's are zeros um i'm also in various jeep communities uh right now it's the it's the blue the rusty blue tj with the uh bright orange plastic dip on the hood that's going to be changing sometime shortly in the future like i said i'll have uh pictures once that's all squared away so awesome uh, man yeah very nice I, I, I like it and and uh a plug for the barely ads clan uh that is my pc clan they uh they have quite the pc community oh, and right. they're good at stealing pc hosts so uh <laughs> yeah you could jump in the clan too if you're looking for a good active pc clan yeah, Steve, Ben, and uh, our host, who's kind of stepped back, Scary, he, Scary Internet Guy, um, they all play PC on the regular. Steve rotates pretty evenly. Ben's pretty much PC right now. I saw him yeah. online for like 10 minutes last week on PS4, and then he disappeared again. <laughs> so if you're playing Destiny on the PC and you want to find some good people to play with, hit us up. Get in get in our Discord, the Barely Destiny Show Discord. There's a channel for PC. Uh, there's a channel for PC LFG. There's a channel about, I think there's even, there's a, a channel for, uh, obviously I don't go in it because I don't play PC. <laughs> I'm too busy fucking around with Jeeps. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think it's the PC Masterclass Tournament or something, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're going to do some, we do, they do private matches and stuff. So yeah, it's a good time, man. Awesome. Uh, Burning Wing, where can we find you, dude? Uh, you can find me uh, trolling everyone in the discords, um, <laughs> mostly Burning Wing Zero. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at businessman2401. Be sure you send me pictures of tofu. I love tofu. Lots of tofu. And microwave meals. Lots of microwave meals. At businessman2401. Make sure you write that down. Okay. (laughs) What are your feelings on ketchup? (laughs) It does not belong on mac and cheese. 
I like it, dude. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Val, where can we find you? So you can find me at DeathRX Discord, usually. I'll be in, hovering around cars now, but usually if there's PvP talk, <laughs> you'll usually find me being referenced at some point or another. <laughs> um, otherwise, Twitter at the, like by Yuru, so V-A-I-I-U-R-U. But usually in the Discord or anywhere on Xbox that's regards any PvP kind of play. That's where you'll oh. normally see me. <laughs> <laughs> soon to be, uh, soon to be grinding comp with me next week for uh, for that that hand cannon. If that is the reward. Uh, oh hell yeah! Um, dude. That looks like a really good gun too. Yeah, I'm all about it, man. Uh, I am Fluffy Fingers MD. My co-host Admiral Nips will be back for next time. Uh, we're gonna drop this episode early. I'm gonna try and edit it tomorrow, which is Friday, and get it out before the weekend starts. Give people something to listen to over the holiday and uh, also give us time to sit down and grind the crap out of Forsaken when it drops on Tuesday. I'm excited to play, boys. You guys taking a day off for that? Uh, I'm taking Wednesday off. <laughs> I, uh, I, I took Tuesday off originally, and then I saw it wasn't dropping until noon, and I decided that I wanted a full day because I don't have a lot of PTO left this year. So I was like, if I'm going to take a day off, I want a full day. So <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday uh, is my daughter's first day of school. So I'm going to take her to school and do that. Nice. And I'll probably work from home. So I'll still I'll still sneak out so, a little yeah, bit yeah. after so, drops on Tuesday. You're totally going to be working from home, right? You're yeah, not I'm going to be working from home from noon on. He's going to be invisible uh, so his coworkers can't see him. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I just... Work I just from home. I stopped caring about that invisible thing after after too many times of jumping online, being like, "Why doesn't anyone want to play with me?" Oh, it's because I'm appearing offline. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so expect me playing all night Tuesday night until my eyes are bleeding, and then getting four hours of sleep, waking up Wednesday, drinking a cup of coffee, and continuing the grind. Uh, Dude, yeah, the, yeah. The worst part is like that's Tuesday morning into Wednesday is the end of my week. So I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. I'm going to have all day Wednesday to like sleep and then play Forsaken. And then, I, of course, I look at the calendar and the doctor's appointments and other shit that I scheduled six months ago is all stacked oh, up. Oh, no. And then, fuck oh. my life, dude. So, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I feel your pain because I got to come back to the uh, potato plant internet on Tuesday. So. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's, that's almost worse. I think that is worse, actually. <laughs> it's there i just can't like... do it, <laughs> it well, you can, you can... download the, the, the patch the other day oh jeez, dude oh. <laughs> holy crap uh, burning wing i'll stream all day wednesday so you can live vicariously through my uh through my gameplay <laughs> thank you <laughs> awesome well guys if you guys could do me a favor send us an email uh potato thumbs podcast at gmail.com uh, give us some uh, give us some good questions to uh, talk about when uh, Nips gets back and we play Forsaken. Uh, feel free to throw in questions about Europe because he will know everything about Europe when he gets back. Uh, and it, even if he doesn't, maybe we can stump him a little bit. So, uh, guys, thanks for joining me tonight. I had fun talking cars. I had fun talking Destiny. Uh, I think we might have to do this again in the future. Dude, thanks for having us. Like I said, I love talking shop. I love talking cars and just, you know, turning wrenches and shit. So it's one of those things where you, when you said to me, I'm like, yes, absolutely. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> this has to happen. <laughs> yeah, this has to happen. Awesome. All right, guys. Have a great night. You guys Take too. Care,